All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. All right, it's Friday night. You know what that means. Law of One, Law of One, class number six. I apologize for not being on last week. Had a lot of craziness going on in the family, which you would think that this week I'd have even crazier craziness considering today is the full moon. However, this super moon that we're having uh, this month uh, is uh, in, in affecting people a lot differently than full moons do. A lot of people are tired from this moon. I am not, but that might be because uh, it is my moon, right? I mean, literally, tomorrow at 9.37 p.m., 55 years ago, I was born at a party, or I started, my mother went into labor at a party at my uncle's house. Everybody was partying, and then all of a sudden, mom said, ooh, uh-oh, and they went to the hospital, and sure enough, I was born not too long after that, I was the second child she had, so I wasn't a really, really, really long labor. I don't know how long I was. I forgot to ask her. Maybe she told me, and I don't remember. So maybe that's why. I don't know. But I am not having any issues whatsoever, but a lot of other people are. Okay, so share this out, share this out. I apologize. Like I said, for not being here last week, I got a lot of craziness going on. I think everybody has a lot of craziness going on. It's just kind of the way things are, right? So give me a shout-out in the in the chat. Let me know that you're here. And like I said, share this out. Uh, I didn't put this uh, in the um, psychic uh, reading uh, and development uh, 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 group today. I'll share that as we get going to there. I shared it on Facebook. I shared it on you, uh, uh, YouTube. And I shared it on my wall on Facebook instead of the spiritual group, which I will share that. I just wanted to make sure that that went out publicly there in the group because a lot of times that doesn't happen and it doesn't tell me that it's a weird interface that uh that uh, uh Streamyard has because it'll tell me like it when i go uh, and and link it to youtube it actually brings up that youtube is listed as going public it doesn't do that for facebook i don't know if that's a facebook problem it must be because obviously it doesn't come up on the Streamyard. uh uh, uh programming i can't say application because it's not an app it's a, it's on the computer on their website i don't have it i do have the app on my phone but i don't use the app i usually usually go to the website the interface there seems to work better even on my phone in fact that I, I can run the show on my phone better than i can with this computer it's just weird to share things and that's where you have to have the app for that either way it doesn't matter okay so law of one and uh as you know if you were here a couple weeks ago uh i told you guys that muffy moose uh, started monetizing after seven years of me using them, monetizing their videos, which is okay because they, you know, everybody's got to make money, and I'm glad that they have gotten to the point where they can monetize their videos and and get commercials in them. Uh, except I'm not going to play their commercials, uh, so because of that, I'm not going to play their stuff. So I'm using my computer program now to put the book to words, so I don't have to read the entire thing. And we left off. On question 6.24, uh, I was talking about that. and We were about to start question 6.25. So I'm going to, let me take this overlay off, right? I'm going to start there in that place. 
and you can see it's up on the screen. You guys don't see me on the screen because I have that uh, up there. Hold on, let me let me do this here. Let me go bang, and then there I am. Right there's my ugly mug. For those of you listening on the MP4 file where you have video, hi. Those of you listening on the MP3 file, you can't see me waving, but I am. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, just get started. Right, I mean, there's no reason to spend too much time. I usually waste. 10 or 15 minutes just kind of allowing the the uh, crowd to build up but you know i'm just that's a waste of time right so i'm just going to uh start in so we're, i'm going to go ahead and uh, push this back up on the screen over here and then i'm just going to go ahead and uh, start on question 6.24 and we'll take it from there i backed up to here because the question was very pertinent right again you know don's asking questions about aliens and a lot of people are, you know, talking about that. And I wanted to address that. I addressed it last week. So if you missed it, then uh, you should go back and, and listen to that because I addressed it. But I'm going to address it a little bit more. Uh, because the, the reason I say that is in the class chat, for those of you who are in the class chat on Messenger, uh, and those of you who are in one of the other chats that you can create, which I haven't figured out how to how to uh, to link it to where you guys go immediately into the class chat that I created. So I've shared it in all the ones that are creating, and I'm going to delete everybody out of those, just so you know. So there's like 15, 20 people in each chat room for the Law of One, which I have a one uh, central Law of One chat, class chat, which I link to there for you guys to join. So if you're in one of those other uh, messengers, please make sure that in, b before Monday, Today is, is the, the 9th of September, so right 10th, 11th, right 12th. By the 12th of September, I'm going to kick everybody out of those groups and delete them. Uh, and then I'll start over for anybody who starts a new uh, chat to do the same thing. So if you guys have questions or you want to participate in a Q&A in the chat or have conversations in there, that's why I created that. When you're live, uh, you know, I have the chat here for you to, to uh, talk to. But those of you, and this is why I'm doing this, those of you who listen to the MP3 file, you are, you're not live, right? And you can't get in the chat. Okay, so for those people out there on the planet, if you guys want to ask questions, I know I'm using Messenger. I may link another uh, platform as well at some point uh, that people can use that's not Facebook. Uh, the problem with that is I don't know what people have around the world, and I know there's other, uh, you know, uh, platforms out there that I could put a, a class chat in. Right now I'm using Messenger because anybody who's listening on Facebook anywhere on the planet, they have Messenger because it comes with Facebook because Facebook owns it. So that's why I use that. So if you're, if you're in a chat uh, like, you know, YouTube and you hate Facebook, then you're ass out. If you have ego problems and you can't say, okay, I want to – I want to ask questions and I want to have conversations, but I hate Facebook and I'm not going there for nothing. If you know, that's, that's alignment. You know, I am a YouTuber all forever and ever. And uh, you know that you're, you're the problem on the planet because you're not willing to uh, listen uh, to, uh, you know, other ideologies or, well, I'm uh, against the evil platform that is Facebook. Like Google is better. Right. Come on. I got deplatformed by from Google because I was told by my anti-malware that Google 
was in fact into everything on my life, including my medical records and my passwords for my bank accounts, everything. So I said, no, that's not the, I never gave them permission to have that much access into my life. Let's, let's move them back to where their standards say on their uh, uh, platform. And when I did that, they said that I broke their rules uh, not allowing them complete access to my entire life, and they deplatformed me. So now I'm back. I just all I had to do is just start a new uh, account, right? Start a new uh, email account, start a new account, which I did, and then all of a sudden I'm okay again, right? But I, uh, I don't have anything linked to that, and I keep uh, checking that with the malware to find out if they and if they continued to uh, gain access into areas of that I never gave them permission to. Uh, because of some subroutine or something in their agreement, then I will delete them altogether. So for those of you who are on YouTube and can't stand Facebook, Facebook's not doing that according to my malware or my anti-malware. All right. So that's just insane. And if you're picking a side in anything, well, then you're not listening to me very long anyways. <laughs> right. So for those of you who are like, I will never, ever go to Facebook. I will never, ever go to YouTube, but I'll go to, you know, the other one or whatever. If you're, if you're doing that and you're not saying, I'm, I'm not going to participate in any of that. And, and some of you might be because you might be listening to me on an MP3 file that is completely neither one of those companies or any of their affiliates, which I broadcast worldwide on. If that's the case, and, you know, give me an idea of what platform is out there that is worldwide that translates that I can start a class. And, and I will I'll put a class chat in there. and We can have all kinds of fun. Right. So I am kind of looking for that. And I know there's a hundreds, thousands, probably millions of, of chat options that are out there. And everybody has different ones and they all swear by different ones. Yet. There's nothing as big as a Google platform or a Facebook platform currently. Do you see my, my plight? I'm trying to reach as many people as I can. However, I, because of that, I broadcast on, uh, you know, 25 to 50, I think even more than that these days, channels. Right. So I go live on Facebook and YouTube. And after that, it goes out worldwide on literally hundreds of apps and platforms worldwide. OK, but it's not I could go live there. But you guys are just not tuning in unless there's enough of you because I get more hits there than I do on Facebook and YouTube combined, honestly. So uh, I may look into doing that and going live there exclusively, and it will be audio only, well, except for a couple of the platforms that I pay right now. I can put video up, uh, MP4 files, right? But I don't know if I can go live and do that. One of them I can, Anchor FM, which is owned by Spotify. I can go live there and do the same thing with the video. I do know that I can do that. Um, so I'm going to look into that as we transition in life. I will be doing that. So if you're listening to me somewhere else on an MP3 file, just rest assured there's a good possibility in the next, probably if they keep going the way they're going, uh, the holidays are coming up and they're about to censor me again. They do that every holiday. They go backwards. Uh, they just did that to uh, Peter GV from, uh, from South Africa. Yesterday or the day before, I think it was the day before, it was only a few days ago, they went back four years and found something he had posted four years ago and said, oh, you're, we're putting you in jail and you can't post anything for 30 days. Because four years ago, when it was okay for you to say this, it's no longer okay. 
because nowadays that everything has changed and the cancel culture uh, is is uh, you know is now uh, running the insanity that that is the fear factor literally of the ego the fear of the, the and the ego living in fear that is trying to control the world through fear okay so i'm going to go ahead and, and there's my my bully pulpit for the uh for the for the week right so i'm going to go ahead and start this and we'll start with question uh session six question 24 all right are you guys ready i was ready here we go Question 6.24 Questioner, do any of the UFOs that are presently reported come from other planets here at this time, or do you have this knowledge? Answer R.A. I am one of the members of the Confederation of Planets in the service of the Infinite Creator. There are approximately 53 civilizations, comprising approximately 500 planetary consciousness complexes in this confederation. This confederation contains those from your own planet who have attained dimensions beyond your third. It contains planetary entities within your solar system, and it contains planetary entities from other galaxies. It is a true confederation in that its members are not alike, but allied in service according to the law of one. Okay, the reason I played that, again, there was a conversation in the class chat. No, I apologize. It wasn't in the class chat. It was actually posted on um, Ancient Aliens or on Orion Rising from the Gary Osborne a video that we did uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And, you know, a woman uh, uh, posted on there saying that and because Gary has talked about this. If you guys haven't seen that, uh, the, those two interviews on ancient aliens worldwide which i'm the creator of on facebook and i own which is the largest ancient aliens platform on the planet uh, we're we're pushing again uh this time of year we always push 300,000 members and then facebook comes in and deletes about 70,000 and claims that those are accounts that are no longer active on facebook and then we uh, get another, uh, you know, 70, almost 80,000 and get close to 300,000 members. And then they go, oh, oh, we have to kill off another 50 to 70,000. Uh, those were not active either. And they do that every time, like as if they just do not want us to. And then we complain. And all of a sudden it stops and they don't delete anybody. So it's like they do it once a year, but it's only. And then this time what we did was we did a slow burn. So instead of racing up to like we normally do uh, to get it back up around September, October, we hold, we held back to see if that just was a coincidence. And it was when that they have this purging and nothing happened until we got close again. So we know it doesn't have anything to do with an automatic purging. Uh, like they talk about, it has to do with when we get close. They don't, for some reason, don't want us to continue to grow. Not quite sure why, because they're making money off their commercials, right? Welcome, Peter. Uh, so like I said, give me a shout out in the in the crowd and share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay, so I brought that up again because I wanted you guys to hear that because there's there's this, everybody keeps saying, you know, well, those aliens that showed up at Rendlesham Forest uh, were from 8,100 years into the future and they're us in the future trying to save humanity. Okay, so... There are some of us that know that there is a temporal war going on, and I want to address this. First of all, in this uh, from Raw right here, there is no, there is no conversation saying 
there are people coming from your future. Okay. The only people who claim that there are somebody coming from the future are those people who talk to those people who claim they're from the future. Okay. And the reason I say that, and I preface this with that, or I preface, yeah, this with that. The reason I say what I just said is that I personally know of seven different races who are in communication with the earth that I have either spoken to personally or I have listened to them speak or I have heard from someone who spoke to them personally and they have told me what these these aliens have said. Seven different races who claim they are our creator God. Not me and six other races, but we created you. Seven different races that are not together in a consortium that creates peoples claiming that they created us, okay? But I also, above and beyond that, I don't want that woman, if she does listen, to think that I'm saying that's not happening in the future because there is a temporal war that's going on, okay? There is a temporal war, and there's a split. And the reason that I say this only, and this is where I'm going to lose a lot of you because you're not going to understand uh, the, the temporal timelines, okay? But I'll hearken back to anyone who ever tries to look at the future, and they addressed it heavily in the Star Wars movies, okay? So, yeah, so Peter got blocked. He's, he's saying, I got blocked on uh, on Facebook for posting videos this time last year because I made a prediction of Prince Philip. He did, and I know this for a fact. I'm going to put it up on the screen so you guys can see it. This is actual. I know Peter. Peter and I are both in a coalition together, uh, a coalition of planets, just like the one that Ra's talking about here. In fact, we answer to that 53 uh, 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 race council, which is the Council of Venus, and we communicate with them. I know you guys are crazy going, okay, this guy's nuts, and, and this is insane. Okay, but he got blocked on Facebook because he predicted when when the predicted Prince Philip is going to die and when the queen also was going to to uh, die. Okay. And I remember this. He talked about it. I had him on the show. He talked about it. He talked about it several times live on air and then in chats like he's doing now. And he was right. He was right literally to the day. Okay, so it's not like not like Peter was making shit up, but he got banned. He got he got uh, censored because he said that. How dare you claim that Prince Philip is going to die? And he did. And then he said that the queen was going to die before October of this year, somewhere more than likely in September, in the first week. Bang. Here we are on the she died on the on the eighth, seventh, no, eighth. Right. So. Let's be serious here, okay? And he has other things that he has said, okay? So they, so you got to, you know, you get censored for things that are, that are just words that you say. Oh, well, how dare they say that about the queen or the, or the, you know, the prince, uh, you know, uh, his, her husband, consort, prince consort. Although they don't say that when they talk about a man, but like now we have uh, um, king. Uh, uh, Charles III, and his queen is called the queen consort, 
right? But when Prince Philip was the queen's husband, being over here in America, that would be the first husband instead of the first lady, they don't call him the prince consort. They call him Prince William, or they did until he passed on. So that's that's pretty funny how sexist. It's, it's just like the Dalai Lama when a little girl said, could a, girl, sort of, could a woman be the Dalai Lama? And instead of being very awake, he became very woke. And he said, well, tradition has that only men are the Dalai Lama. Right. And the second those words came out of his mouth, it confirmed to me that he is not who the world thinks he is. And, you know, I'm unimpressed with him. And I know that Eckhart Tolle, who I'm also impressed with, met with the Dalai Lama and was next to him in front of a crowd and said that he was very impressed because somebody asked the Dalai a question and he said more than once, it happened twice, and the Dalai Lama said, I don't know, because he was being honest. And I'm okay with that. Because if you guys ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't think I'm the all seeing, all fucking knowing everything. Okay. So, but when, but when you're trying to be the Dalai Lama and you're, and you're acting as if you are, and then a little seven, eight, I think she was 10 or 12. She was young, very young. Little girl says, can a girl be the Dalai Lama? And he, instead of saying, well, I don't see why not, because there's never been a female to this day. And there probably won't be. It's like being a, a Catholic. There will never be an American Catholic bishop or cardinal that will become Pope. Why? Because no matter how conservative the Roman Catholic Church in America is, it is still in America, which is considered an outlaw heretic nation, because it is way, way, way too middle of the ground and moderate for the for the ancient Roman Catholic diocese. Now, and you have to understand, those of you who don't know who I am, I have been knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic See. Okay? I have a surtitle, which actually gets me into places that you will never be able to go. Not even the knights from the, from the queen, now the king. The knights of the realm, can all, they're only uh, royalty in the realm or anyone who recognizes them. I can go anywhere on the planet where there's a, a Catholic church or a Roman Catholic church, and I have a free ticket to get into anywhere because I am, in fact, a knight. That makes me royalty in the Roman Catholic religion. Okay? Some people don't like the knights, right? Because they're still in the remembrance of, you know, that whole or you know orchestrated uh, thing that the Pope and the king in France arrested to take the power away from the Temple Knights back on Friday the 13th. In fact, the reason why we have 13 is the unlucky number. And Friday the 13th, ooh, is because in the year 1099, October, Friday the 13th, at 8 a.m. local time to Jerusalem, everybody that was a Knight Templar was arrested worldwide. And they seized all of their money and all of their land and all of their power and all of their ships and all of their only problem was that the knights disappeared and only left a small 3,000 member contingency of their 2 million knights. And they took all of their ships, all of their armament, all of their deeds to all of their land and all of their money and disappeared into the planet, never to be seen again. Only they popped up and freed about 
25 nations less than in, in less than 100 years created the banking system that we have today, uh, including the loan system that is our credit card system and our check system, created Switzerland and Scotland and and New Scotland in, in America. I'm sorry, let's say that in, in the proper uh, uh, French, Nova Scotia <laughs> means New Scotland. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, the United States. And, if, and you can look that up. Well, you know, a, a, a heathen Portuguese man who was went to the, the uh, Queen of Spain and got three ships called the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. His sails were white with red crosses on them. And he came to America using a map that was given to him that, w- that came down through the ages of the, the Templar Knights that was given to them by Ragnar Northbrook, a Viking, who he got his navigational skills from uh, another ancient Viking, who who and an idea from uh Leif Leif Erickson who discovered North America some in the year 970 way before Christopher Columbus in 1492 ever got here they called it Vinland Vineland because there was a lot of grapes vines in North America but you guys don't know about that okay so let's go into back into the law of one and uh, uh, I wanted to point out the temporal war. Let me quickly get into that now that we're half an hour into this. And uh, some of you are already gone and left, which is okay, because you're not the ones that are supposed to be here to hear this. There is a temporal war going on, and there are two dominant futures, possible futures. There is one that is from 8,000 years in the future. And that's the one that the Andromedans, the Andromedans, 8,000 years into the future found nefariousness showing up in their neck of the woods. They said, where did this come from? When did this come from and where? They traced it. They traced it backwards in time, 8,000 years to the planet Terra, which those of you out there who don't know is the rightful name of this planet. You call it earth, which actually means ground or dirt. But the name terra, which actually, that's why people say terra firma, because it actually means dirt or earth. So in some respects, our planet is called earth. But when you say that, which they they addressed in the book and in the movie, The Last Starfighter, when Griggs, who was in fact a, a draconian, lizard human lizard man with biped bipedal said to the kid where are you from and he said i'm from planet earth or he said i'm from earth and he said and, and to him the word earth meant planet ground so he said earth what do you see and i love that the writer put that in there because that's not the name you're not an earthling earthling take me to your leader earthling you're not an earthling you're a terran from the planet terra it's just like a, the sun the star that you all call the sun, S-U-N, the name of that star is Sol, S-O-L, not S-U-N. 
And it's Saul doesn't mean son. Well, it, it kind of does, but I don't want to get involved in that. Okay. So there is a temporal war in one of the timelines. And this is why I pointed out to you the 8,000-year timeline. One of the timelines 8,000 years into the future is a timeline, the one that they're talking about, where the AI takes control of the planet. Currently, we have almost 9 billion people on the planet. And quickly, not 8,000 years into the future, but less than 100 years after the AI takes control of the planet, and everybody uh, follows the AI and says that this is the best way to go. The plan put into place by the rich and the elite people that are here now. You guys don't know this, but I know this. Okay. And I know that some of you out there are going to be going, here he goes again. He's he's off craziness and, you're, and you guys are going to tune out. You're not the ones that this is for. Okay. The population of the planet in less than 100 years is less than 600,000 humans. All the rest decimated and executed and completely gotten rid of genocide on the earth. Why? Because if you pay attention to the Georgia Guidestones, which are no more, and you can go back and, and you can still Google that shit because they haven't erased it from the memories yet, and you can read what was said in the Georgia Guidestones, the population of the planet is not is unmanageable at at the 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 population of now that the perfect population and the do-gooder club that oprah winfrey is part of and and uh, bill gates and a bunch of other people their mandate is to is to call the planet down to about 627 to 630,000 humans because it's more manageable Okay, so they're going to play God and decide which 600,000 humans survive. And through AI, this happens in the future. This is part of the Hopi rock legend and all of the other legends worldwide of the split in timelines between the destruction of the human race and the utopia of the human race. The other timeline, these are the two that are the most uh, prevalent. There are infinite timelines in the future. And that's why I referred back to Yoda when Yoda said, hard to see the future is. Because the future is mostly emotions. So because we have an affinity for negative over positive everything, including emotions, we talked about this before, right? The, the the guy in the cave, the caveman, the, the Neanderthal, when he got up and walked outside the cave, first thing he did when he walked outside the cave wasn't look around and go, wow, look at that sunrise on the pond over there and smell that air and look at that butterfly fly by. The very first thing that that human did, unless that human was food for an animal or a dinosaur, was to look around and assess what the threats were, what the negative shit was that could kill him and his family. Is there someone hiding in the bushes? Is there, you know, is there a, is there a nigger in my rice bowl going to kill me off? Pipe smoking hard ass nigger going to kill me in a second? Am I being invaded? Do I have to defend my my cave? No. All right. Now, is there crazy animals that are hard hard pipe smoking niggas coming to get me? And they had to look around and assess all the negative shit first. So we have that in us we look for threats 
before we look for non-threats. In fact, we will uh, ignore a non-threat because it's non-threatening and move on to a threat. So my point here is that even looking into the future, you're going to bypass, and this is the, the instinct of anyone that is in service to self and working for any government, if they, if they start using the algorithm, because there is algorithms that look into the future, they're not going to care about the society that's a utopian society. They're going to look at a society that's got problems first, the negative. They're always going to look at the negative first. And since their agenda is calling three quarters of the population off the planet already, and they've attempted to do this in the 90s, they attempted to kill everybody on the planet, they're not going to care for looking at a place where there's 20 billion people on the planet in the future. They don't want that to happen. So they're not going to even tell you about it. Okay? So, of course, they're going to always promote what they want first. That's why they've taken out all the scrolls and hid them from everybody because they didn't want you knowing anything that we're trying to teach you and that Raw was trying to teach you. That was the lesson that was supposed to be learned at the Garden of Eden that they warped and changed and perverted into that was the original sin that got us into trouble and pissed off God. The creator who created us to have free will got mad at us. Well, before that, they didn't have free will and they didn't know, so they were perfect. That's a lie. Flat out a lie. And if you read any scrolls that were taken from the Bible, you'll find out why they were taken out of the Bible because they tell you that. So this notion of us in the future coming back to save humanity, if you listen to those people, they're going to say, well, the first thing you need to do is kill off seven and a half billion people. And then we can save you. That was what 2012 was about, the movie. Okay, The movie was those who they would, could sell and make money, sell tickets, got to have a seat or a stateroom to be saved and all the peasants didn't get anything. All the slaves didn't get shit. Because the rich people believe the reason they're rich is because they have the genetics to be rich, which means they're evil and they have that crazy gene that makes them in service to self where they have, uh, crave power. Because only insane people crave power. You don't see somebody who's completely in service to others crave power. They, they're the reluctant leader that ends up in power when they went, I, I'm just not ready for this. I, I don't really want this. I guess I'll do this because somebody has to. And I'll t that's why Arthur, Arturius, in history, became king of the Wodes. I'm sorry. You would know them as the Southern Vikings that eventually got usurped by the crown that's there now. Okay, because you notice they don't hearken back and say, well, we're descendants of Arthur, the first king. They go further back and go, no, we're descendants of gods, Thor himself and Odin. That's who this, this woman who just died claimed she could trace her DNA back to. And I know that's a lie because my DNA is actually traced back to the throne itself that was usurped by Henry V. 
and they even put it, Shakespeare even put it in the Shakespearean books and they put it in the movies. Okay? The, the actual claim to the throne of England is not from Wessex. Okay? That person is Welsh, which is the race of people that the Irish are a part of. They don't want that. That's why they've been trying to take over the Irish for so long, and they've hated the fact that the Irish freed themselves in 1916. And it took them until 1994 or 97, somewhere around there, to actually go, okay, okay, Ireland is officially, we recognize them like the Irish weren't a nation until England recognized them. That's like saying that aliens don't exist until the American government acknowledges and tells you they exist. Do you understand? Okay, so so there is a timeline from the future that is trying to give us information. I did an entire uh, 25 weeks on the alien interview that didn't happen, quote unquote, with my finger quotes in the air, at Roswell, New Mexico, from a spaceship that crashed in 1947 that was in, oh, that didn't happen, and there was no spaceship, and it was just an air balloon, a weather balloon, and it just came down and had nothing to do with anything. Don't look here. There's nothing to see here. And that woman, I don't know who she is. She's crazy, and they, she's never worked here. They said the same thing about Bob Lazar in the 80s, and everything that Bob Lazar claimed came true. And the scientists didn't even change the name of the particle because he had the right name for the particle that is in the universe. So here on Earth, they couldn't change the name of the particle and pretend it was something else just to discredit Bob Lazar. I referred to Un Un Pentium, who he said was given to us by gray aliens, and we've been working on it, that he was working on it in 1981. And they said he was never worked for the government. They don't know who he is. And they erased his, his past and said he didn't even go to any of the schools, he said. And he's not even a real person, and they don't know his name. And to this day, he was kept saying that he was uh, working uh, in Area 51, Grim Lake, for the government uh, on alien uh, projects. And he was working with Unun Pentium that was given to us by aliens in a trade for humans, by the way. And um, then... In 2015 or 2016, the scientists discovered a new particle, and it was called Un Un Pentium. So they lied about it from 1984, actually it was about 1987 by the time they outed him, until, nine, until 2016. And then they said, oh, we discovered this new particle. And they named it exactly what their, the guy they claimed was a liar and a kook made up. Right? Yeah, and Peter's, Peter's talking, he's going back to politics again. The Royal Family Forgotten books changed the name to Windsor. And the Gutenberg, your, your German 1876, was their name. They changed it to Gutenberg, German. They changed it to Windsor, which they did. You can look that up. And they claimed that, and, and here's the thing, they claimed that through the Gutenbergs, is where they get the Aryan blood that goes back to Thor. Okay, so they usurped the throne. They weren't even, they're not even 
not even from the realm, not even from the UK. They're not English, they're not Irish, they're not Welsh, they're not anything from the United Kingdom. They're, in fact, Deutschland, Deutschlanders. Okay? So, were those people? No, the, the Germans were the, were the, the Saxons. Okay, they're not even true Vikings. But they, they try to paint that in history as if they're the Vikings. They weren't Geats. Okay? They were not in any way. They weren't the, the Rus. Okay? They, they weren't uh, any of the clans that are still here to this day. Germans and Austria are not part of the Viking clans. They're, they're well, okay, they are, but they're, they're peasant clans, not royalty. So if you know anything about Vikings, you know what I'm talking about. If you know anything about the heritage of Vikings and the hierarchy of the bloodlines of Vikings, you know that the German people that came from the southern steppes of Russia, okay, that were not even the Rus, that's where you get the Rusian, and they're not Hess, which is the Hessian. Those were Viking clans, along with the Vic, right? Along with the Geats, along with that's where you get the Viking, the Viking, okay? Along with the the Nord, Norge, Nord. That's the Norwegian, Finn, which is the Finlands, the Finns from Finland, right? Those those came from clans. That were that got larger and larger kingdoms than ended up being countries to this day. Sweden, Norway, Finland, all of these the, the Russians, the Russians, the Hessians, which their land is was was taken over by the by the Rus, right? But the Hessians were forever uh, uh, great warriors. The knights, the Salmatian knights, which they came from what Salmatia, Sumeria, they were. Mostly uh, Rus, but they were Rus, Hess, Vic, Geet. They were Vikings. So the so the knights, uh, Arthur's knights, were actually Viking uh, warriors. Not kidding. True story. <laughs> so that's where you get the 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 Wales, Ireland, Scotland. They they are Southern Vikings that descended from Spain that came down from the north and to the west. They weren't peasants. They were farmers. Anyway. Okay, so there's your history lesson. But but the, the I know the what has that got to do with the law of one? It actually has everything to do with everything. And people don't realize how much history itself is tied into the law of one and the pecking order of the planet and those people who have been suppressed and attacked uh, and tried to be enslaved worldwide. Look at the Irish, look at the Jewish people, look at these people who were uh, Native Americans, uh, natives to Australia, natives to North America, natives to Central America, South America. All of these people who were noble clans on this earth who were, in fact, in service to others were conquered by, by evil men that were in service to self. And these people were, were persecuted and tried to be destroyed by, by, that's why Christopher Columbus, when he got here, he was not nice and he took slaves and he raped and pillaged and he murdered and, and did these bad things because that was the way of Europe at the time. Pardon me, I had to take a drink. 
Okay, so the temporal war, the two apparent largest futures, and this is what the Hopi talked about, the Hopi rock legend. Do you Google that? Do some homework. That there's two timelines that split into the future, and one is the population of the planet decreases down to about 630,000, and the other one is the population eventually increases to close to 20 million, 20 billion. Pardon me. Okay, and everybody has a choice to to decide which one they want to go to. What is that choice? That's the choice of the law of one. That's the choice of this place, third dimensional existence. You're supposed to choose to either be in service to others or in service to self. If you choose to be in service to self, you'll go forward. And in the, the timeline, here's the problem. The timeline going forward on the earth doesn't sustain third dimensional life anymore. So the future that they're talking about is not even third dimensional, it's fourth. Okay. And it's not the fourth dimension that everybody thinks is the fourth dimension where I'm already in the fourth dimension because I'm spiritual. And that's strike two. One more strike and the Johnsons get a chance to steal. Okay, that's not that at all. And I'm not going to get into that right now because that's even longer. And we've already gone 45 minutes on one question. But I wanted to bring that up because there is a temporal war and there is messages coming from the future that are trying to, to win you over. There's also messages coming from the past doing the same thing and that there's a reason for that it is part of the orion crusaders that was what they called themselves when they originally a hundred thousand years ago left uh the constellation of orion which we have peter myself and a bunch of other people uh chased them uh an entire race called the patal chased them to here to this planet so the andromedans found nefariousness showing up 8,000 years into the future. And they when did this start? And they went backwards in time and followed it to its source. And it's here on the planet that we are currently occupying. Okay. So this is how we know from aliens who are part of this 53. Did he say 53 or 55? I'm, I'm always told different numbers. See, 53, right? Now I'm up here looking. 53. So there's 53 civilization consortium that is a coalition that we call the Coalition of Venus, which is, in fact, um, quarantining this solar system and has been quarantined for a very long time. The alien overlords who got here in 1938 and got their feet on the ground went backwards in time and tainted all of history and went forwards in time and tainted all of the future and the present and got everybody believing that they were in charge forever and that we lost that temporal war to them. So in a sense, we did lose the first temp temporal war because the dumbasses believed when they said, and this is the, one of the things where people say, well, all you have to do is show up here and say, there's this alien race that's going to conquer you and that we can save you. Uh, and then we invite them in the door like a vampire. They can't come in the door until we say, Sure, come on in, and then they can attack you. They got here, and they were the invading army. Okay, and they the television shows like V, uh, the old TV series from the seventies and eighties. I think they even tried to redo it in the nineties. Was trying to warn you about that, that they were going to show up saying they were here to help and they were here to be your saviors, and they're the actual invaders. So it was them trying to 
to get that point across by hiding behind algorithms and try to get into your subconscious and plant the idea to help us. This is what we do. And we've been doing this uh, ever since, trying to give you the, the actual real information. And this is what RAW is coming here to do uh, between 1981 and 1984. Okay. Try to give you the same information. Okay. So I'm going to continue now. I know some of you, are, uh, most of you have already left and that's okay. Because those of you who, who in fact still listen to this at this point, you're supposed to. Though everybody else who has a uh, low attention span, uh, they don't believe what I have to say anyway. And they all took off because there's something other important that they have to watch on TikTok for five seconds at a time. All right. So here we go. Question 6.25 questioner, do any of them come here at this time in spacecraft? In the past, say, 30 years. Answer RA, I am RA. We must state that this information is unimportant. If you will understand this, we feel that the information may be acceptably offered. The law of one is what we are here to express. However, we will speak upon this subject. Each planetary entity which wishes to appear within your third dimensional space slash time distortion requests permission to break quarantine, as you may call it, and appear to your peoples. The reason and purpose for this appearance is understood and either accepted or rejected. There have been as many as 15 of the confederation entities in your skies at any one time, the others available to you through thought. At present there are seven which are operating with craft in your density. Their purposes are very simple, to allow those entities of your planet to become aware of it. <clears throat> Sorry, I'll back that up. I pulled the microphone away because I was going to talk and then it started playing and I <laughs> let it play just then for that second. So I'm going to back that up a little bit right here. And let that play again. Uh, I wanted to say that, that, so what he was saying is, right, that there are a certain amount that are in our, our skies at all times, but we can't see them because they're out of phase with third dimensional reality. And the only way that we can communicate with them, and this goes back to uh, the, the Hindus in India talking about the Vimanas and saying that if you're in a place spiritually, and you rise your vibration, raise your vibration to a certain place, meaning that you have to align all of your chakras and you have to balance the kundalini or what they would call the kundalini energy, uh, the masculine, the feminine energies in your body and, and, and get your all of your major arcana in line and crystallize, then you can use your thoughts to communicate. And this is what Ra just said. Okay. At present, there are seven which are operating with craft in your density, right? So there, so there are at least seven of these people that are here. And these are people that are part of the coalition, not aliens that are coming down here to kidnap people to do experiments on them. Although there is those happening as well. I'm not going to get involved in that right this second. Okay, so let's continue here. Each planetary entity which wishes to appear within your third dimensional space slash time distortion requests permission to break quarantine as you may call it, and appear to your peoples. The reason and purpose for this appearance is understood and either accepted or rejected. There have been as many as 15 of the confederation entities in your skies at any one time, the others available to you through thought. At present there are seven which are operating with craft in your density. Their purposes are very simple, to allow those entities of your planet to become aware of infinity which is often best expressed to the uninformed as the mysterious or unknown. 
question 6.26 questioner, I am fully aware that you are primarily interested in disseminating the law of one. However, it is my judgment, could be wrong, that in order to... But that's got to be a program glitch, because every now and then that just does that, and then it clears up. I'm not quite sure why it does it. Um, I'm going to have to look for a better program. I said this last time, and I just haven't gotten around to getting another program in here. This one used to be really good and had a lot more um, things that you could do with it than this one does now. So uh, I'm not quite sure. And then they added commercials, of course. So I'll be looking for another program, and we'll have that up and operational. But, yeah, this just it'll, it'll clear up the frog in his throat in a minute. <laughs> I apologize for that. To disseminate this material, it will be necessary to include questions such as the one I have just asked for the purpose of creating the widest possible dissemination of the material. If this is not the objective, I could limit my questions only to the application of the law of one. But I understand that at this time it is the objective to widely disseminate this material. Is this correct? Answer, RA, I am RA. This perception is only slightly distorted in your understand slash learning. We wish you to proceed as you deem proper. That is your place. We, in giving this information, find our distortion of understanding of our purpose to be that not only of the offering of information, but the weighting of it according to our distorted perceptions of its relative importance. Thus, you will find our statements, at times, to be those which imply that a question is unimportant. This is due to our perception that the given question is unimportant. Nevertheless, unless the question contains the potential for answer giving which may infringe upon free will, we offer our answers. Question 6.27 Questioner, thank you very much. We do not want to overtire the instrument. It's now considerably over the normal working time. Could you tell me the condition of the instrument? Answer, RA, I am RA, the instrument is balanced due to your care. However, her physical vehicle is growing stiff. Question 6.28 Questioner, in that case perhaps we should continue at a later time. Answer, RA, I and RA, we shall agree. Therefore. Unless you have a short question, we will take our leave. Question 6.29 Questioner, the only question I have is that I must assume since Leonard was here when you first made contact, it'd be as suitable for him to be here as Tom. Is this correct? Answer, RA, I am RA, this is correct and completes the number of those at this time able to come who are suitable. Again, remember the instructions given for the preparation of the vibratory sound complex, Tom. I am R.A. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator. Adonai. Okay, so we'll stop there. I think we'll stop there for this week because I don't have the other one primed. I could, I could just pull it up and start playing. I thought that I had the one where I added the session, um, the next session, session seven, uh, but I don't. I don't know why. Look at that. I love how my mouse is on the screen over there, but it's because I'm sharing my screen. It's not actually on that screen. And when it's on that screen, I don't think it's on that. Or maybe it is. And you guys just, I just don't see it. Anyway, so we'll, we'll pause there because I can get into more details here and then we'll pick up session seven for week seven, right? Uh, not that we'll be in line like that all the time, because uh, I've went on a lot, 45 minutes or so, and didn't play any of the, of the stuff that's here. And like I said, I already have it primed. I could bring up the whole next session.
However, I want to I want to stress there are a few things I want to talk about because a lot of this has come up where we're living law of one and and understanding or understanding the concept that in our chat in the messenger somebody had brought up rights uh, you know and uh, universal rights and and my response to that was uh, as usual, you you know, um, my normal response is that, or was that, uh, you know, you're you're using these terms, and you don't realize that these terms are are par- are terms that come from the nefarious religion that is trying to control the world, rights, universal rights, instead of freedom. Do you understand? And I and I talked about that because the person said, "Well, could you go into the White House?" Well, yeah, actually, anyone could go in the White House, anytime that it's open. You have to go through a screening because they need to make sure that you're not some lunatic that's going to blow the place up or kill people, or rob the place, or 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 do something nefarious. And and I use the analogy, when you leave your house, do you not lock the door? Do you leave the door wide open to let anyone just walk in? No, because you don't want people to steal your stuff. So if somebody knocks on your door and you answer the door and there's some guy standing on your porch, and he says, hi, I've, I've come here to, to come visit your house. What do you mean? I don't know who you are. So immediately you're going to say, I don't know you. I can't, I'm not going to just let you into my house. And some people would say, oh, I would just let them in. Those people are lying. They are lying, and I and I tell you that because as soon as somebody says that, I would just let them in, I'm friendly with everyone. Hi, stranger. I've walked up to those people on the street who act like that and say those things, and I've walked up to them and said, "Hi, how you doing?" And they look at me like, "Who the fuck is this guy talking to me? Who's this guy? Why are you talking to me?" I did that to to this guy that lives in the apartment complex that I, that I'm at, and he's one of those people. And and uh, he moved from a different part of the apartment complex to across the, the parking lot from me. And I walked out and I saw him. I said, hi, new neighbor. And he looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Not that I'm not parked in a parking spot that is assigned right in front of him while he's walking by me for him to notice that. Right. So it's not that he didn't notice. And I'm in a gated community parked there. I can't get in unless I'm friends with somebody or I have a key to get in. So either way, people know who I am. Oh, and by the way, we have cameras everywhere. So it's not like I was some crazy person who was just came from outside of the world and parked there and was like, how you doing, neighbor? Crazy. I actually live there. And he, and he looked at me like, I don't know who this person is. Who is this person that is speaking to me? Not how dare, you know, and maybe he was thinking that, how dare this person speak to me? I am God, you know. And I'm like, so you're, you're the new neighbor. You moved in over there. I, I live right here. And I pointed back. And then he changed a little bit. Oh, oh, okay. Well, why is this guy talking to me? You know? And so, but even then, he was like, oh, yeah, well, he didn't say anything, but I could figure out why. We needed a two-bedroom. Okay, so he's moved in with his girlfriend, wife, whatever she is, and now they needed a two-bedroom. Okay, ergo, she's pregnant. <laughs> they needed now a bedroom because they're going to have a child, at least one, right? So I didn't say anything to him. I didn't say, you know, oh, hey, congratulations, and yada, yada. I didn't say anything at all any further. And I just went, well, welcome. It's quiet up here. I don't know what it was like down where you uh, – he said, well, we moved from down there. I said, oh, okay, I don't know if it's quiet down there, but it's quiet up here. 
uh, welcome to the neighborhood. Have a nice day. Never said a word to him after that. And he's, he's never waved to me or said hello. He's one of those people. So do you think if I showed up at his house right now and knocked on the door and said, hi, hi, neighbor, I thought I would come by and just come into your house. He's going to go, wait. I don't know you, bro. I don't know you. Okay, so when the person said that, you think you have rights. You don't even have the right to go into the White House. Yes, you do. But you have to go through a screening just like as if somebody was in your house. And then people go, oh, no, I'm more accepting. Really? Okay, let's see. How about you get out of your car, leave your cell phone on the dashboard of your car, leave the windows down, and leave your car unlocked and go into the store? How long do you think it will be before someone steals your cell phone, rifles through your car to steal anything? In fact, they might even steal your car. But you're going to lock up your car and take your cell phone with you. You're not going to set your cell phone down and get up and go to the bathroom and think your cell phone's going to be there when you get back. Why? Because people do bad shit, even in this society. So, so, so you can't say to somebody, well, you don't have the right to go into the White House when you want to. Yes, you do. <laughs> but you have to go through a screening. You don't have the right to fly. Yes, you do. You can fly anywhere you want to fly to, but you have to go through a screening so they know you're not going to kill or harm the other people who are trusting enough to fly with other humans. Those are not those are not freedoms, or I should say those are not rights. Okay? You don't have any rights because you don't need them. You are free. I don't care where you live. The only reason that you're not free is because you accept the rule of whoever says they own the land you live on. And you live there. That's why you have people that say, well, I don't abide by the laws of the United States of America and I'm just a, a human. That shit doesn't really fly, bro. That doesn't fly when you're doing illegal things in places that the people there voted on. You see, I live in California and you can smoke pot out here. So if I have a, a, a pound of pot, which is actually a pound is even illegal here in the state of California, over an ounce uh, is illegal because they want to they want to make sure that people aren't making the money that they're going to make off of. So they immediately make that stuff illegal because they need to make their cash. They're cut. Got to pay the king. Right. But you can do whatever you want. You can have as much pot as you want. But then if you go to Texas, that's a felony. A joint is a felony in Texas. So when people show up in Texas, they go, well, I'm from California. That doesn't mean shit here. That doesn't mean shit here. Okay? That's just like California. You have to ask permission to carry a gun. I'm an American, and we have that right by law, even under the rule of the American government, that was voted in as a right. But you have the right to, to keep and bear arms. It's in the Constitution. The state of California tries to tell me that I have to have, I have to tell them and ask them permission and have a permit. No, I was born in this country. I'm an American citizen by the law of the land, which you adjoined the union of the United States of America. I can have a gun and don't have to ask your permission for it. Oh, and by the way, I'm actually an Arizona citizen where there we don't have to ask anybody permission to own a gun or to buy ammunition. And because I'm a citizen of the state, the free country, the free and sovereign nation of Arizona that joined the union of the United States of America, no different than the EU. Ireland is not a state in the United, uh, uh, in the European Union. They are a free and sovereign nation. 
See there, but when that hits 150 to 200 years on, they're going to be teaching the children that those are not individual sovereign nations, that they are in fact just states. Okay, provinces. So that they're going to think that the United, you know, that the that the EU, the European Union, is in fact one country. And that everybody else is just governors of, uh, that's what they did here in the United States. So the people are not taught that the state of California is, in fact, a nation. That every single state in the Union and commonwealths in the Union are, in fact, free and sovereign nations that have gotten together in one union. Okay? What does this have to do with the law of one? It has to do with the ruling class that is run by ego. Do you understand? And they're trying to get you to believe something that isn't even true. So even in there, and this is what they do, they go, let's get together as a union so we're stronger. And then over time, they're playing the long game. Generation two, three generations on, three generations hence, they eradicate and erase the idea of individuality. And then they tell you, they start giving you words. You're no longer free because you live under our rule. And we have the rule of law and we have rights that we give you. You have the right to do this. You have the right to do that. You have the right to assemble in the United States, according to the Constitution. But they arrest you if you don't, if they don't agree with your political ideology. And say you have to have a permit. You have to apply to them. And pay them money, and they give you a piece of paper that is a license that says you can you can assemble. But you have that right in the under the Constitution of the United States. But they uh, they abridge that and say, no, we've decided we're not going to let you do that. But if you call yourselves BLM, and you're getting you know billions of dollars from the people who are trying to destroy the country, George Soros, Democratic National Committee, I, you know, I'm triggering some of you. It's okay, I'll trigger the other side in a moment. Then they'll they'll be okay with you burning down a city and they don't give a crap. But if you belong to the other party and you and you go into the, the Capitol building and take selfies, then you're trying to overthrow the government. But if you go into government buildings and occupy them and burn them down all across the United States, well, you're just upset. Do you see? That's because, and, and I said this back then and got deleted for it. It's because Antifa and BLM or the brown shirts for the Nazi party. I'm, I'm sorry. Whoops. Wait a minute. For the KKK. Whoops. I'm sorry. For the Democratic National Committee Convention, the DNC, which were behind both of those, by the way. They invented the Ku Klux Klan. You couldn't be a Republican and be in the Klan, ever. When there was two million of them in the United States, you couldn't be a Republican or a conservative in any way. You had to be a Democrat. Look that up. They're trying to eradicate that so you don't even know it. They tell you that the Republicans are the KKK. Well, they're the KKK now. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're bad enough on their own with their crazy shit. And they're a bunch of pussies. Whole fucking Republican Party has about three, three people, not even women. The only women with any any balls are are crazies on both sides. 
they're either all the way left or they're all the way right. Same thing with the most of the men that are moderate. There's only like three on either side that are worth the shit in any political party. So that's about six humans, maybe seven. The rest of them corrupt, corrupt to the hilt. Calling themselves and putting an R after their name or a D or an E or an I or a G and thinking that means something fucking different. It just means ego. They should all have an E after their name, the E party, the ego party. Or an F for fear, because that's what they're working out of. And they try to get you to believe that there's this entity that's called politics, that's called, you know, conventional, right? Or, or you know, the, these, these words that they try to give you, there's like a hundred different forms of government, maybe a thousand different forms of government. And they all mean completely different things. I guess I could take this down off of here and uh, right, stop sharing here. Not that you guys are paying attention and and are, are worrying about it. Oops, I didn't want to do that. I hit the wrong button and tried to leave the studio. Okay, now you guys can see me. For those of you who have the MP4 file, for those of you who are listening in the MP3 file, you can never see me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, so all of what's happening that's going on, the reason that Raw got here to give you the information came through between 1981 and 1984 is because when they got here, well, just nefariousness in the past. When Raw got here and gave the information, when they built the pyramids around that area and they gave the information, they didn't realize the people here were, there was evil here on the planet. Those people took that information, turned it into a profit for themselves and kept the knowledge for themselves and didn't give it to the slaves, what they called the slaves, because you were either in charge or you were a slave. Okay, so then since that time, they have systematically gotten rid of all knowledge that would have you understanding or understanding anything but what they wanted you to believe. That's why they burned the Library of Alexandria. That's why they tried to eradicate all history on the planet, true history on the planet. And the only history that we have left are the history that you guys can look this up, that the Irish monks stole and saved from the scrolls that were being burnt at Alexandria and all around the world, including the Vatican. And they did keep some. The Vatican did keep a, a, a copy of a whole bunch of stuff because they didn't want to get rid of it completely because there's something in even evil people that says you can't just destroy these documents a hundred percent. Everyone, you know, everyone's like, well, they'll just destroy the documents. No, no, no. They just can't do that. They try, but it just doesn't happen. Somebody skirts them away. Okay. Because in fact, it's 80% people who are good, right? 84% that are good. And that's only 16% that are evil on this planet. So because of that, they can't get rid of everything. And because of the balance has to be the way it is. This is what you guys don't understand. Okay. You guys don't understand. And you guys think there's a war going on between good and evil. Because that's what they tell you. Because they're trying to get you to believe that evil is just as strong and powerful as good. Therefore, they're equal. And there's the devil on one mountain and God on the other. And they're, and they're having an argument. 
they're Batman and, and the Joker, and they're having a, a dichotomy. We're having an argument over the souls of the human race because the human race is so important in the universe that God himself and the devil himself need to vie for your souls. They have to ask permission and get you to voluntarily follow one of the two of them because God created the universe, in fact, created the humans, but God so loved the humans that he gave them what? The power of free will. Oh, that's weird. And then the devil so hates the humans that he wants to control them and wants to have their power and didn't let God have them. And so they're both sitting and they're playing chess with you, and you're really only made of mud. And they're, and they're playing a game for control of you because you're the most valuable thing in the entire universe, you ego. That's what you are. You're the most valuable commodity in the entire universe. In fact, the very angels God created are jealous of you. And they fall from heaven often because, you know, God's creations are completely imperfect. And they also don't believe that God's worth a shit because if they did, right, this was a, another uh, conversation with a rabbi. I loved his story. I can't remember his name right now, or I would tell He's this video on, on YouTube uh, where he talks about that. Adam and Eve were created, and Eve was only about four hours old when she lied to God, if you believe the story the way it goes. Four hours into being created by the entire creation of the universe who said, you can eat anything, but do not eat of this tree, the tree of knowledge. Four hours later, she's over there eating from it. She says, but the serpent made me do it. Four hours in, and she claims she didn't have free will, and that the serpent made her, lied to God about having free will, and said, the serpent tricked me into doing it. Blaming it on someone else. Well, why did Adam do it? Well, because I wanted to get some pussy. And she wasn't going to give me any more sex if I didn't eat it. So both of them were so afraid of the creation of the universe that they thought they could lie and that the creator wouldn't notice. So it's obvious that this story is a crock of shit. Because if it was and they were created by the creator and they were afraid of the creator because this is someone that just created me and they could wink me out of existence and a serpent shows up and goes, here, eat this. Oh, okay, you scare me. What are you going to do? You're going to kill me if I don't? Well, that one claimed that they would kill, he would kill me if I did. And he's the one that created everything. So why don't you talk to, you know, the big guy and you have that out and if you're still around... Then I'll eat that fruit. And then it won't matter because you'll take out the big guy and I won't have a threat from him and I'll eat your fruit. That's not the, the conversation that happened. Okay, so that whole story is bullshit. It was corrupted from its original story to get you to believe something that is untrue. This is what they've done with everything because they're trying to paint a narrative. They've corrupted all the churches. Someone asked me a question about, it was a buddy of mine. He wants to have a conversation. A good buddy of mine. I've known for 35 years or more. And he, he said, the, you know, talking about the churches, you know, he knows they're going to fall. And want, knowing that I have, you know, two Christian titles, 
two ministry titles, Christian minister titles, wanted to know what I thought of that. I said, the churches have been corrupt from the beginning. Jesus was trying to teach you you don't need to go to that box. Sermon on the Mount. He was telling you that you could talk to God from wherever you are. That pissed them off, and they came after him and crucified his ass over it because people weren't showing up in the seats and giving them money. Okay? Then they got everybody scared, and you're back at, we can kill your Savior, we can kill anybody. And the Jews claim that whole story was just invented, and it didn't even happen. That's unimportant. That is unimportant because as below, so above. So whatever we, we're part of the creation. So if we create the story, if it was in fact fake, then all other stories are fake because it's exactly like the other stories, only with a different name. So it could have been invented if they had access to all these scrolls. Let's make them a new guy and just call him this and give him hope and then kill the guy off to show that we're more powerful than them. They could have. Anything is possible. Here again is nefariousness at work. Any single person in the entire universe, the Lao Chi who came up with the Tao Di Chi, that's the book of the way. I, I can't think of his name, the prince who became the Buddha that came up with that way. To this day, if you look it up, they'll say, well, there is no real definitive proof that that man even existed, either one of them. There is no definitive proof that Jesus, the Christ, was a real person. So they'll tell you that anybody, there is no definitive proof that David was the king of the Jews. Okay, so all of their saviors, Moses, there is no definitive proof that Moses existed. Wait, no, there's history. There's history, right? And the same people who in Egypt tell you the story of Moses tell you that the pyramids were built by slaves. Yet, Ra says, we were there and built your pyramids. Well, why were the pyramids built with several blocks instead of one big giant block? Because we didn't want you guys to think we were gods. So we built it in a way that you guys could see that you could do just that. That was early on, session one or two. You can go back and, and read that. Okay, well, that's just uh, what you believe then, Leo. What if the what if the raw didn't exist and all of this is just a fabrication in, in Carla's head? Carla was a genius if that's the case because she predicted that we would find the Bermuda Triangle has a pyramid down below that's still activated, and that when it turns on, when there's enough energy in the ley lines at the right time, ships and planes go missing over the top of it. Between 1981 and 1984, she had Raw say that if she invented that. We didn't discover the pyramid until 2016 at the Bermuda Triangle. Earlier in 2012, we discovered the one that is in the Japanese Triangle, which they also talked about and Raw also talked about. Okay. And if you really want to look at that, you can go back further in time to the, the uh, Necronomicon, which was supposed to be based, people said that he had just made this up, that Anton LaVey just made it up. Or was it was it LaVey or was it the, um, the Dennis Leary? It was one of those two crazy guys. <laughs> That's what they say is they're both were crazy because they did drugs. I'm not saying they were crazy. One worked for the CIA and the other one was, in the, was a priest and did drugs. That they claim that it came from Nebuchadnezzar, which was a story uh, of, that was 
tens of thousands of years old, which you should read that, by the way, because there's a lot in there, including going down through ruins and talking about a time when all of the obelisks around the world were in fact energized and they were an energy system and a communication system worldwide. That was told in the Necronomicon that was written in the 60s, which has been proven to be actual fact today by a man they say who invented and made up the entire story, who was on drugs. But now we know that that was a network of all of these obelisks and pyramids, and we found them all over the world. There's hundreds in China, here in America, and all the governments around the world are trying to hide them now because it's part of the memory of the actual human race prior to the deluge and even after that. Okay, So going back in, in a time period that those of you who know history, uh, the pre-dynastic era in Egypt and the post-dynastic era in Egypt. The pre-dynastic era was the time when Atlantis was in operation and there was crystalline spaceships flying around that the Australians talk about. And the Australians talk about the Egyptians being in Australia. In fact, there's a prince that's dead and buried there. Currently, Stephen and Evan Strong, back in 2012, uh, coming forward a few years, used to go to the spot and show people on camera. They were on Ancient Aliens, the TV show, and there was other documentaries that they did, that, and some they did for themselves in Australia, that showed Egyptian hieroglyphics, and they showed this is where they're telling the story of a prince who died here in Australia that was, in fact, from Egypt. So they were going around the world far more than just up and down the Nile like everybody would have you believe. In fact, the Egyptians don't tell you that, they, that the Egyptians were all over the world. And then up in Nova Scotia, they have the richest area of, uh, of uh, um, uh, copper mines and uh, brass. Oh, I'm sorry, I froze there for a second. My computer has decided to, it's it's kicking on and the, and the hard drive is going. So uh, for a second there, something happened to my, <laughs> to my link to the outer world. So they found that the, they have, they have mines up there that were being mined by Egyptians. Okay. Because they were they were uh, utilizing the copper and what was it they were making? I can't think of what they're making now. Or maybe they're making the copper out of the tin and the no, because you have it's copper and tin makes and I can't think of what it what it's called now. See, I froze there for a second too, even on my screen. So I apologize. I'm not sure what's going on with my computer. I'd have to look. So. Sorry, somebody was messaging me, and I was trying to see what it was. Oh, it's Denise, and she said, one, one night, can you talk about, if you can, what people are saying about the Queen's death? They said that we're in, uh, in for major changes that were going to happen really fast, all possible changes, all possible changes with regards to money, et cetera. Uh, that's always being said. That's part of the culling. 
uh, Denise was bringing that up. I, I don't know if I'm going to talk about that right now, but I might. I may just go live in another day and do that. And it, it, it looks like uh, um, the guys have decided that we're no longer going to be doing Skull Island, at least. Maybe they just don't want me on there. Not quite sure. Uh, so maybe I'll just start doing another show again and go live and talk a little bit more about that. Okay, so, but that's part of, of what's going on. But, uh, you know, and now there's always, you know, oh, look out, you know, the queen died, so now the whole world's going to come unraveled and the money's going to change. And they've been trying to do that anyways. What do you think is going on in the United States right now? They're trying to destroy the monetary system because the the Chinese are the ones who want to have their money be the, the money of the of the world and they, these people the the queen of england those that government and the government of the united states the canadian government all of them are in on it and they're trying to destroy your way of life anyways because they don't want you having free will because their overlords have left they just don't want to tell you that they're still trying to lock everybody down and get total complete control and they want to cull the planet they couldn't kill everyone off so now they're trying to get you under control and poison you so you'll die and they're using fear to do it let's talk about the coop if i say the words the wrong words i get kicked off the air why because that's what they do now is they try to censor people to shut them up why if you're afraid of someone else's opinion and don't want people around the world knowing that you should ask you should ask why that is not i think that's funny because i have a d after my name and i froze again so i stopped talking so i apologize if there was dead air my for whatever reason now i'm not sure what's going on but my computer is probably doing a crazy update let me close this program cuz there's no longer needing that open to make the extra room and let me close this program cuz i don't need that open so if I downsize what I have open, it's probably doing an update. They always try to do that, right? I don't want to get kicked off the air. So I closed all windows now except for uh, StreamYard. Uh, and we'll see what the computer is doing. But it's deciding to do something all of a sudden right now while we're live. Did that last two weeks ago, remember? Uh, and it's not like I didn't have the computer turned on. I made sure that it was on and all the updates were taken care of. Because I don't leave it on 24 hours a day like I do my cell phone. So sometimes there's updates that need to be done. So I make sure that I log on a couple of days early and let it do the, all the updates and check on everything to make sure it's okay. So that when I do the show, it's cool. See, but whatever that was, it had to do something to do with Facebook or, or uh, Google or something because I just closed the, everything except for StreamYard. And now the hard drive went back to normal. Weird, right? So something was happening. Maybe Facebook was pissed off and they were trying to boot me off the air. Okay, so... What does all this have to do with the law of one? The law of one was trying to tell you about the nefariousness that was here. That's not allowing you to have the actual tools that you're supposed to. And the tools are the law of one. This is the way the actual universe is put together and what's supposed to be happening. If you have this knowledge and you apply it to your life, I just was dealing with my sister. She says, my legs are on fire. And I said, well, why are you texting me? Call 911. My God, how did your legs burst into flames? She says, well, they're not actually on fire. I said, well, then why did you say that? Well, because they're burning. Well, are they, are they burning? Do you have flesh that is getting blisters? No, but it feels like that. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a pinched nerve, and the nerve is sending an impulse to your brain that says, I'm on fire and I'm burning. Are you, in fact, on fire and burning? No. 
Okay, so you have the sensation of being on fire and burning. That's your nerves trying to say that I am hurt. Please do something about it. Normal humans change the position they're sitting in and stretch so that that doesn't happen. She just went and had to have a cortisone shot. She had two cortisone shots uh, on, in her or on two sides on both sides of her spine because she gets calcium deposits there and it pinches the sciatic nerve. And uh, she has like zero tolerance for pain and she cries and whines about it. No offense if she's listening. It's not. It's very bad. I've had pinched the sciatic nerve, so I'm not saying she's a, a complete wimp, but she just doesn't have. A, a, she doesn't have. She doesn't want to work on pain management. She would rather say, "I'm going to die." No, are you dying? You better call 911. Well, I'm not literally dying. Then why do you say these negative things? That was the secret that they were trying to tell you when they called it the secret back in the 80s. Some of you were, weren't even born yet. But there was this group of people that did the Left Behind series in the 90s. If you saw those, they're a Christian group. Uh, and they, they did the, what they called The Secret. Okay. And then eventually they, they're doing now The Way, which is the, they're starting to teach the law of one. A lot of people just don't know that that's what they're teaching. Because like me, I, I was writing a book. And I still am called The Way. I didn't know that, that, that Lao Chi, 603 BCE, Okay, before Common Era, 603 years before Jesus Christ was even born, that he came up with a philosophy a philosophy that they originally wrote down, and they called it the Tao Te Ching, which translates into English as the Book of the Way. So, he, so his, his way was called the Way, which is the same year, uh, 604 BCE to 602 or 601 BCE, was when the prince in China was called the Buddha, okay? Also came up with the way, which they now call Buddhism because the Buddha said it at the exact same time as Lao Chi said the way, okay? Which was identical, by the way. One was turned into a philosophy state, the Tao Te Chi. The other philosophy was turned into a religion, which is now called Buddhism. Neither of which wanted their philosophy to be a religion, mind you. The Buddha hated it, but it became a religion that's called Buddhism to this day. Not that it's wrong, because it is the proper way. It just got corrupted into a religion. When something becomes a religion, it, is, it gets corrupted because power-hungry people put themselves into a position and they start charging people money. They can't do anything for free because there's nothing in it for them, so they won't. Why? Because they're in service to self. So everything has to have a value, and this is what they do with everything. They haven't figured out a way to charge us for air yet, although they charge corporations for clean air. It's the other way around. They charge corporations a tax to allow them to pollute the air and poison people. You don't know that, but they do. Okay, so... Evil people have a religion that they subscribe to. They just don't tell you that it's a religion. They don't let you know about it. The Luciferians are a little bit more open with their religion than the people who are just outright evil that haven't been indoctrinated into the Luciferian model yet. Okay? But it is, in fact, a religion. They do all of the same things. Okay, 
when they're dominating uh, uh, women sexually, the men dominate them sexually the exact same way as if they go to a class. Maybe there is a class that I'm unaware of. I do know that they have, you know, where where people are, I forgot what they're calling it, uh, bondage. You know, they, there's there's another name. They change the name anytime that the, the media starts talking about and reporting it. Then they go undercover and change the name to something different slightly. But it's the same thing. And I know that they have places where people go to be dominated, men and women, to be raped and dominated and tied up and choked with penises. And that's not a joke. You can watch it on YouTube or just online. It's there. Okay, so I don't know if they teach it, like, of course, but they dominate. I guess it's it's like a martial art, okay? Martial arts, and this is why I became a martial art. I can't say expert because I don't have pieces of paper, right? But I, I have learned many different martial art techniques, and I've been in martial arts since I was about eight, seven or eight years old. And the belief, this is where you get to the art form, the belief of martial arts is actually not as crazy as people think. The, the actual art form of fighting, the human body can only move in a finite attack pattern. Okay? There is not an infinite possibility of one human being physically attacking another human being anywhere on my body. Because my body is not infinite. My body is, fact, in fact, finite. And if I know where the centers are that can do the most damage to my own body, that is the same for any human body, front, back, side, side, up, down, pressure points. Once you learn those and you realize that every muscle that happens in it, what does this have to do with the law of one? Bear with me, children. Bear with me. That for every movement to happen, there has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end to the movement. Okay? They teach you in combat to watch the other person's eyes because most people are not smart enough to not look where they're going to attack. Okay? There's only few fighters who will not focus on anything who will try to attack you without looking at the place they're going to attack because they're aware and smart enough to realize that if I'm sitting here and I look at your shoulder, glance at your shoulder, it's because I'm looking for your shoulder so that I can tell my hand or my foot, some part of my body, elbow, wrist, hand, fingers, to attack that place. So if I'm watching your eyes, you're going to be stupid enough, if you are, to look where you're going to attack me. So it becomes easier for me to defend myself. If someone is smart enough and good enough, they will not use their eyes or they'll faint. Quarterbacks do it and become legends, right? You have the quarterback right now for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and, you have, and Tom Brady is another one, uh, and uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Tall was on the uh, Broncos, went to the Super Bowl with them. Before that, he was on the 
Uh, I can't think of his name right now. He was on the Colts, went to the Super Bowl with them. Uh, Peyton Manning and his brother, Eli. Those guys won many Super Bowls. You know why they won many Super Bowls? Because they were smart warriors. Okay? Football is simulated combat. You have to understand that. Literally, armies facing off against each other, sumo wrestlers standing on the line, trying to shove each other out of the circle, and and then uh, and then literally having combat like Greek uh, uh, warriors in the Colosseum. And when you get really good, like the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs currently, you can look over here and make the defense think, that's where I'm going to attack, and then throw over here and hit the guy over there without looking at him. That's the same thing as me giving you a feint and pretending I'm going to hit you with my right hand by everything I'm doing right now is I'm literally cocking my legs. I'm sitting down. I'm still doing this. I'm cocking my leg. I'm turning my body slightly. I'm moving forward slightly at the same time. I'm flinching my shoulder, which is called loading up, flinching my shoulder to then come at you. And I'm faking that I'm going to do it. But you don't know that every time I do it, one of them might come up. My entire body has to move a certain way for me to do that, for me to come out and attack you with that hand. Once I learn all of those things, and see here, the thing that I grew up playing, what we in America call soccer, which the rest of the world calls football. We call the other sport American football, and Canadians and Americans play that sport called football. And, it, and it's not the same as soccer, but it was based on, on rugby. And it evolved into what we have now. Okay. But I played soccer, which you don't look at a person's face because that's not important. You look down where the ball is and you look at their hips. Because whatever they're going to do with those two feet, the hips will point in the direction and tell you which leg is going to attack. In martial arts, it's the same way. A person can hit you like this with a jab if they're standing in the right position, and if you're looking at their eyes only and, they're, and they just come at you with a jab, you might not, if you're fast enough, you might not be able to, to defend against it. But for them to use that jab, they have to turn their hips slightly and they have to load up with their feet because that's where the power of a punch is. Okay? That applies how to the law of one. That applies to the way people are in general when they are dominating other people. That applies to being in service to self and in service to others in that people who are in service to, to others act accordingly. And this is where the art of war comes into play by Sun Tzu. People act accordingly by the patterns and the choices that they make. If someone is in service to others, they will be a certain way. And if people are in service to self, they will be a completely different way. Even those people who are in service to self who are trying to pretend to be in service to others, to fool you, to victimize you, if you're paying attention again, you can see the difference between someone who is honestly in service to others or someone who is lying and pretending to be in service to others when they're in service to self. But you have to first do the work to learn the lessons 
of both. That is balancing the positive and the negative energies that is the kundalini. Do you understand now? So what I was explaining to you that had to do with martial arts has to do with warfare, and that has to do with balance in the universe. There is not an infinite way to be in service to others. You either are or you're not. There's not an infinite way to be in service to self. You either are or you're not. So it breaks down very easily, but there are subtle differences in between the two. And how can you learn those subtle differences between the two? By first doing the work on yourself to determine where it is that you are. Am I, in fact, in service to others or in service to self? And then learn the skill sets. But to learn the skill sets of in service to others, you have to know the skill set of in service to self to truly know the difference. This is the scenario that you're living out on this planet. The scenario you're living on this planet is life, logos, love, and pneuma, which is life and being. Okay, so the law of one is about the oneness of the two. It is about the oneness, not of, of pneuma and logos. It is about the oneness of in service to self and in service to others. And to truly know what it means to be in service to others, you have to experience in service to self. Not that you have to be in service to self, but you will at some point, and you would have been at some point. And it doesn't mean that you went all the way to the most evil person. Uh, you became the most evil thing that there ever was in the universe, and then you're now backtracking to be. It doesn't mean that you became a holy priest, and now that, that you're backtracking. It doesn't mean that. It means that you have been exposed to both and you have learned from both. You have learned to see the difference between the two and to acknowledge that they both are, in fact, a thing. They are not equal to each other, but they are equal to each other. That's the hardest thing for you to learn. You have to unlearn what you think you know. They said that in the movie in the book Willow. You have to unlearn all that you've learned to understand the message that that Willow was teaching you. Okay? So Penny says, yes, I have learned. And that's good. It's uh, And that's the strife that happens in our lives naturally. It's what's supposed to happen to us. We signed up for this. There is no God who is in control of everything. Who that you? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? God's not allowing anything to happen to you that you didn't choose to happen to you. God's allowing you to make the mistakes that you wanted to make to learn the lessons. That is the balance here that you're supposed to learn here. All of us go through strife. Only through strife, right? The, the, Nietzsche said, what does not kill me makes me stronger. The reason for that reasoning is that which happens to me and I survive it, I am no longer a victim to it. I am a survivor surviving from it. 
or surviving it. I am recovering from that, and I have learned from that so that I don't make that mistake again. That is what you're supposed to be doing. So we're supposed to, to love the wrong person. We're supposed to screw up. We're supposed to make mistakes. Why? So that we learn from them. You cannot truly know God until you know what it's like to not have God anywhere. So you cannot know the light without knowing the darkness. On the other side of the coin, you cannot truly know the darkness without having known the light. So for us to have an organic, complete experience, we have to experience all that is. Do you see? So the exercise that's happening here to us is one by choice that we must go through to learn. That is the learn, teach, teach, learn. Why? Because I'm learning while I'm teaching and you're teaching while you're learning. And you're learning while you're teaching and I'm teaching while I'm learning. That's the learn, teach, teach, learn. Okay? I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. If I did, I wouldn't be here. There would be no reason for me to ever be here unless I came back to teach. But even then, you don't come back just because I am the all-knowing Jesus Christ did that. Jesus didn't have to learn anything, but I'll bet he did. I will bet you that when we all get out of here, when you get out of here, if you get out of here before I do, and you go before Jesus and ask him, so in the time that you were came to the earth legally and then grew up, the 31 to 32 years that you were on the earth walking as a human, did you learn anything? I will wager that's a conversation that will go on for a very, very long time on the things that the Savior, if you're Christian, learned while here. Any of those people, if you find Marduk and ask Marduk, you were the Savior of the people who fought Tiamat the dragon and saved the, the universe. Did you learn anything when that was happening? Well, of course I did. It would be folly to think that you never, that you stopped learning, that you know everything, and that there's nothing left for you to learn. When you consider this, the law of one in and of itself states that the creator of the entire everything, multiverse, created everything and then wanted to know what it would be like to learn every infinite way of life possible. And that is now what's happening. So that means that I, even the creator of all the multiverses is still learning and making shit up scenarios to learn whatever can be imagined. The infinite wisdom, the infinity, the infinite ways of possibilities of living. So if the creation of the universe is still learning, what would make me think being third, third octave from the beginning that I know everything there is to know and there's nothing left for me to learn? That would be a very big ego to say, I know everything and you all need to pay me every kind of money 
because I know it all. Right? So people go, that guy thinks he knows everything. And I have never said that in my entire life. I know everything. Just ask me. I'll tell you. Only ego answers that question that way. Only someone who's an egoic mind who believes in their ego, whose vibration is about this far off of a lizard brain, thinks that they know everything. I'm smarter than you are. Anyone who says that to you is not smarter than you are. Because it takes someone who is really stupid to claim that they're super smart. I'm smarter than you. I can prove it. Because there are tests that evil people have invented. One's called the IQ test. I score very highly. That IQ test was designed by rich people for rich people to look intelligent. That's been proven. When they take the IQ test as it is and they give it to the kids in Compton, California, that's the the biggest slum area where African-Americans, quote unquote, who are not very well educated live. And they score low, like they're stupid. So therefore, us Ivy Leaguers are obviously superior. I'm not an Ivy Leaguer. I'm playing the part. So a scientist decided, I don't think that's true. So they took all of the questions from the IQ test that was designed for Ivy Leaguers, and they changed the questions but made them basically, you know, parables. That means, for those of you who aren't sure what that word means, I'm not claiming that you're stupid. I'm just saying that if you don't know what that word parable is, it's a, you know, it's a 50-cent word in a, in a, in a five-cent uh, conversation. That means that, that the, it means the exact same thing, only worded slightly differently. So then they changed the questions so that the kids in the inner cities, poor kids, would understand the questions and relate to them because it had to do with their surroundings, not the Ivy League teachings. And guess what? They tested just as high IQ as the Ivy Leaguers. And when it was given to the Ivy League, they tested just as stupid as the poor kids did on their Ivy League test. Okay? So when someone says, I have an IQ of blah, 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 oh, that means you you were able to learn and be indoctrinated into that way of thinking enough to where you understand how to be an 18-year-old at best. Okay? And why do I say that? For those of you who don't know, look at, look this up. Google it. Even Google will tell you the answer. What is the IQ test based on? The IQ test is based on the fact that no human being is mentally maturer than the age of 18. So that everyone is a child. They are not, in fact, an adult. If you test as a genius on the IQ test, what that means is you are, in fact, an adult mentally. Do you understand? So they don't allow a higher education so that you become an adult. They keep you a teenager at best. So you're still a child with a childlike mind and a childlike ego your entire existence. That is done on purpose because children are run by ego and they believe, which most of you do, and I did at one time, that I was the thinking mind, okay, or the pain body, or both. 
that when this existence is over, that's it, Jack. There is nothing else. And then there's people who, who say, right, see, okay. Penny says, my son tested 137 IQ test at the age of six years old. And has your son done an IQ test since? How old is he now? The reason I say that is because he, at six, he wasn't quite as indoctrinated by this society yet. And once you go to the schools here and the colleges, especially now, the colleges in the last 30 years in America, well, anywhere in the, in the white people's world, you become indoctrinated. And they teach you things now like critical race theory, theory, which they claim isn't being taught anywhere. Weird, because it is being taught everywhere. And they say, that's not being taught. That's a lie. That's not true. I've had teachers tell me that. That's a lie. That's not being taught. I'm like, um, I, I don't know that you're aware of that. Maybe not where you're teaching, because where you're teaching might, in fact, have an R after their name and not a D. So they might be a little more conservative. And because of that, they don't allow that. That's very possible. No, I'm in Seattle, Washington, and that's not being taught here. Weird, because they have proven that it was, <laughs> and it is. So, right, see, he's still at 133. So he was at 137 before, and he's at 133 now, which means that his indoctrination has lowered his IQ as he's gotten older physically. It's not a lot. Good for him. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot. That it's only four points, but that's a lot in the IQ uh, test of things. Ow, when you get into that range, right? Oh, sorry. So last I was tested, it was a while ago, and this was before I was, was as awake I am now. I was, I was at 137 then, okay? And I don't know what I am now, but I was told, I was told by the, by the, the coalition, not from this world, the one that's outside the world, the one from Venus that we're talking about with the 53 races, that it is possible to achieve a 200 or above IQ even on this planet. Okay. And that one day I will have an over 200 IQ. Wow. I'll take it. Okay. And that wasn't my ego telling me that. <laughs> there are some people that test now with over two. I've heard of 215. I don't know anybody who's tested higher than that. I hear rumors of someone that's higher than that. But Einstein, for instance, had a 165 IQ. And I was told that my IQ now is more like 167 to 169. I don't believe in the IQ test because the IQ test is based on the fact that nobody is over the age of 18 anyways. And the IQ test has been proven that people can learn and, become, and get a higher IQ by learning. What is that? Knowledge. Okay? Knowledge. So, right, <laughs> Penny said, what is yours? It's high, I can tell. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, but what, but knowledge. Knowledge is the key. The more knowledge that you gain, the more you become an adult, not a child. When you become an adult, your IQ goes up because you see, you're seeing things from the eyes and through the eyes of an adult, not a child. So when I was tested at 137, I'll tell you right now, I thought I was awake then. I was, but I was nowhere near as awake as I am now. So, so you know, 15, 20 years ago, I tested at 137. I'm, and, you know, I'm told that it's more like 167 now. And I was told that I, at some point before I die, will be at 200. I love the fact, I'd love to hear that, <laughs> right? I'll take it. 
But that has to do with becoming awake, learning knowledge, and the understanding of the higher learnings. And then you then you learn the higher learnings. It, it happens. You, you gravitate at some point. You start to rise. And if you allow that to happen to yourself, you will gain more and more and more knowledge. The universe itself will teach you if you pay attention. You don't need books. The books are corrupted. The books are corrupted. There was a, a, a famous Sufi. I don't know his name, but I know the story. And everyone tells the story. And very, very few people know the, the Sufi's name. Who was wanting to, to, spending his life trying to be awake. Trying to, knowing there's something that I'm missing that I need to wake up from. And I need to learn this knowledge. And I need to become very wise. And he bought every book. that, And I've done this too. Bought all these books during, during my life and read everything. Reading everything. When I was in philosophy, my, my teacher, who was, in fact, a, a Christian monk, uh, said that, that the word philosophy is a Greek word that means the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge. I believe that because it is. When you get that bug, you just want to learn everything. I'm that person. I want to learn everything. right? I'm, learning, I'm teaching myself. This is not a joke. I'm teaching myself currently 20 languages. Teaching myself 20 languages currently. Not a joke. I counted them. <laughs> One of which is Klingon, but that is an actual language. Navajo, which is still an actual language. Hawaiian, right? And then mostly all the European languages, but including Japanese, Chinese, uh, two Chinese languages out of the four, uh, two of the Japanese languages, because there's one of the Chinese language that only women speak. I'll never get to know because I'm a man. So <laughs> I won't get to know that. But then you have you know, Mandarin and Cantonese, but then those are they have upper and lower of both of those. So I'm learning the the Mandarin and the Cantonese. Those are hard. If you're the hardest languages to learn are the languages that are non-European based, non-Viking based languages. If you speak this language first, uh, in any form, whether it's Australian, English, Canadian, American, whatever. Uh, if you learn this, the the what we call the English language, which should be called common, but they don't want to call it that because there's more people who in fact speak ch uh, Chinese, because there's a, you know a billion of them, so they don't want to say common is the English language because Chinese would be more common <laughs> than English. But if you learn English first, the hardest languages to learn are the foreign languages that are not European-based, Chinese, Japanese, uh, uh, you know, Farsi, the, the, the Arabic languages, uh, Polish, uh, Czech, those languages that are, that are a little more Eastern. Those are very hard for people to understand, Mongolian. Uh, but uh, out of all of the Western languages, I'm learning t uh, 20 of them or, or 17 of them. And the other three are, in fact, languages that are a little, you know, Navajo, Hawaiian, um, um, and uh, like I said, uh, Klingon. Um, and, but they're both, the, even Klingon is a, is a full language. That language is completely a full language you can have an entire conversation with. So in the, when uh, when Ray Bradbury, or I'm sorry, not Ray Bradbury, uh, the, the uh, creator of Star Trek, uh, Gene Roddenberry, um, eventually they created an entire language that became Klingon. So it's not like they're missing words. There's more words in the Klingon language than there is currently in the uh, in the Spanish, not Castilian, but the Mexican uh, Spanish for, you know, Mexican language. So, uh, but then but I don't know if that's because of my IQ, but it might be. I just have, a, I've always had a an ability for code breaking and languages for some reason become very easy for me. I also have total recall, right? I don't have photographic. I'd love to have the eidetic memory, photographic, 
I don't have that, but I do have a total recall. And that just pisses everybody off. So for those people who have eidetic, people just, they, then, then they go, cause you could say, you know, you could literally say a date, you know, 1987, uh, the 12th of May. And the person with eidetic memory will go, that was a Tuesday. And this is what happened. Not a joke. They know, you know, what happened on that day at 4 p.m. to you. That was a Tuesday, 4 p.m. I was here. I was this age and I was watching this on television. I did this, this, this and this. And this was the, the songs that were the most popular on the radio that day, that month, that week, that year. They can tell you all of that. I don't have that kind of memory. I wish I did. But then again, uh, you know, I'm six foot one and I wish I was six foot five. My brother is six foot five and he wishes he was six foot nine. And people who are six foot nine wish they were seven foot three. Someone with curly hair wants to have straight hair. Someone with brown eyes wants to have blue eyes. Someone with curly, you know, with straight hair wants to have curly hair the other way around. You know what I mean? So it's always whatever you have, you always wish that there was there was more or it was different from what you have. I have freckles. Well, 10% of the population of the earth has freckles, right? I grew up not wanting freckles because everybody made fun of me because I had freckles. Now I'm in the 10%. <laughs> right? I have typo negative blood. That's 10% of the of the entire planet. Right? I I can only take typo negative blood, but I can give anyone on this planet mine. <laughs> but I can only have typo negative. So I have the rarest blood type, which is the universal donor. If I'm giving it to you, you'll accept it. But my DNA will only take typo negative. Not even typo has to be negative. Or as long as it's not typo positive. If it's typo but not but not negative or positive, I can accept that. Otherwise, I can't take any other blood. So do you see my point? But I believe that the IQ is learned, and I believe that you become smarter as you become wiser. And the only way that you can truly become wiser is to not be in service to self. Not saying that people who are in service to self are not intelligent and they are not geniuses and they are not wise. Most of your Serial killers, in fact, I was uh, training, I was going to go to Quantico to become a serial uh, a killer hunter, right, to be a profiler in the FBI, not a joke. Um, and 100% of all serial killers have a large IQ. They're very intelligent. But, but they're in service to self, right? So people, right, so... Right. I'm reading what Penny said. She also, I'm also trying to awaken. I didn't finish that story. So so let me finish that story and then I'll read more of what you said. She, she hit, made a couple of comments. So the, the Sufi was buying all the books to become awake and to wake up and to know of this knowledge and spent his lifetime. And this is what Nietzsche did. Uh, and Nietzsche, I'll tell you what Nietzsche said at the end before he died. The Sufi one day woke up in the morning and realized that he had awakened that he was awake and he looked around in the in the world and then he laughed and he took all the books that he bought and he took them out on his front lawn and he burned them because nothing in those books helped him whatsoever and moreover and i know this to be true because it happened to me when you become awake you realize how simple it really is and that literally, it is in front of your eyes 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 364 and a half or 364 and a quarter days. Literally, the entire knowledge that you're waiting to wake up to and because is in everything. 
Do you understand? It is that simple. It is in front of you and it is in everything. And you do not understand how you did not see it until now. How could I have missed this? Then the problem is you turn to someone and say, you see this, right? And they go, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't see this right here? This right here in front of your face? Okay, are you high? Are you on drugs? Are you okay? And only other people who are awake go, of course I see it. And it's here and it's there and it's here. Some people will lie to you and go, well, yeah, of course I see it. Right? But then you're waiting for them to say, and it's in this and it's in there and it's in there. And show you examples and they can't or they don't. Those are the people that aren't really awake. They're trying to pretend and get you to think that they're awake. I went through that. When all of a sudden, as I was reading the scrolls for like the hundredth time in my life, all of a sudden, talking about here are the Dead Sea Scrolls. Wait. So Nietzsche, Athia Nietzsche was a famous philosopher who was a German philosopher who, um, who died. He ended up with a, a, a tumor, a brain tumor, and then he died. But prior to his death, when he knew he was dying, when he did awaken, he was a philosopher who spent his entire life pondering questions of philosophy. He said, I wasted my entire life chasing philosophy. My advice to anyone who's starting to learn philosophy, run for your life and ignore it because you'll spend your entire life asking questions that will never give you complete answers and will only give you more and more questions and answer only enough questions to get you to ask more questions and you will never answer the questions of the universe because he never actually woke up to the actual answers in the universe before he died. So he had said, this is folly, run from it as if it is the plague. Because he never, he died not having actually awakened. And that's too bad, right? But if you don't know that, then you, it might discourage you, okay? And you might end up not continuing. So when I was reading the Dead Sea Scrolls, since the time, uh, you know, they found them in 1948, so they were available, especially with the Internet, after the, the mid to 90s, late 90s, going into the 2000s. They were all over the Internet. So I've read them over and over and over, and I understood them as best I could, but I didn't, and I'm sure that there's more that I haven't gotten from them. That's why I'm doing the Law of One again, because I'm learning more, and I, when I go back and look at the Law of One, I go, why didn't I see that earlier? Because I wasn't in a place to. All of a sudden, I was able to understand the scrolls in a way that I know that nobody else understands, because if they did, there would be books and people would be on television talking about it in movies and documentaries. And none of that's happening. I looked around and it wasn't happening. So I thought maybe I'm, I'm miss, missing something. So then I started asking people around me that are in this industry, hey, I've been reading the scrolls over and over, and all of a sudden, lately, I'm able to understand them. Most of the people around me go, yeah, yeah, me too. And then I'm waiting for them to, to continue, to give me an example, and they don't. And I'm like, no, no, I don't say this to them, but I'm thinking, you don't understand them, because if you did... It wouldn't be as trivial to you as you're acting. Well, yeah, man, I'm, I'm understanding them too. Isn't that weird? 
it must be something that everybody's starting to wake up all of a sudden. And I'm like, no, because you don't understand how how important this knowledge is. And then when I look to other people who have awakened, they go, yeah, man, when I first learned that, and some of them would be like 35 years ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, you, you understood this 35 years ago? How come you're not rich? Because nobody wants to know what you know. <laughs> and you're learning that now. Nobody will believe you because they have to be in that place. So I can tell you now because you're there. But you're going to tell people and they're going to not listen to you. They're going to think that you're a know-it-all. So you're going to try and tell them. Jesus tried to tell us the same thing you're trying to tell them. Not that you're Jesus. I'm like, I don't have the ego to think that I am. But they'll only get what they're ready to. Just like you, your entire life, only understood what you were ready to understand on your journey. And I'm like, all right, I get that. So the truth is that even though I know, there's some things I can't tell you. And I've gone over that and talked about it, where there are certain things that I know. Drumvalo Mulchizidek did this in uh, one of our chats. I think it was Peter that, that uh, not Peter Coyle, but Peter GV from South Africa. One of the two of those Peters, I think it was Peter from South Africa, not from Ireland, posted the video the day prior on the show. And this has been about a month or two ago now. On a Friday, I went to tell you guys something and couldn't. When I tried to force it, the universe wiped the memory out of my mind, and I laughed about it and went, okay, I don't even remember what it was that I was going to try and forcibly tell you, but the universe was trying to tell me, shut up, this is information that some of them out there can't know yet. And I ignored that and tried to push forward, and all of a sudden I was blank and didn't have the memory anymore. And I couldn't even remember what it was I was going to tell you until later when I said to myself, okay, I'm not going to tell them even if I remember it, it came back to me and I laughed and said, now I remember what it was that I was going to tell you, but I can't attempt to tell you that because the universe will not allow it. The very next day, unbeknownst to Peter, who was playing, uh, showing a video because I had mentioned Drumvalo Mochizidek. Mochizidek is a title. It's a priestly title. It's the same as having a, a, a druid title of Merlin or the Green Man, which I have both of those. Or having the Jedi Knight title, I have that. Or the Christian minister title, which I have two of those. One in the Catholic Church and one in the rest of the Christian uh, religions on the planet. It's a, it's a priestly title. Like, like rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. It's a priestly title. Or whatever you want to call that. Priest, father, padre, minister, whatever you want to call that. Um, Reverend, it doesn't matter. They all mean the same thing. So, Dramvalo went to say on this video, knowledge that the universe wouldn't let him say. And while he was talking, he stopped and he looked up and you can tell. And if you watch the video and all the people that were in the chat room that I was in, when I said that, they went and right when they laughed and said, no, you're right. Because he looked up and was having a conversation with someone who was not there. It wasn't the producers or the people that were asking me a question. And he said, okay, I can't tell you that yet because something else has to happen first. So the universe stopped him and he admitted that. 
And he didn't say what I just said, but he said, I can't tell you that because something else has to happen first before you get to know that. So there are people out there, probably millions. I don't know. I wouldn't wager billions out of the almost 8 billion, but I would wager millions who are aware and very, very, very awake. But they know that there are certain things that cannot be told. For instance, what Ra was telling the world in the raw material between 1981 and 1984 is less than a third of what I can tell you I know now. But back in 1984, I didn't know this. That's the truth. Okay? There is so much that I can divulge to you now that Raw could not divulge in the books because at that time, the universal mind of the human race was not vibrating high enough to know certain knowledge yet. Okay? The knowledge that the American government had drones was so scary to Don Rutger, the questioner, that he ran from that subject as fast as he could and did not publish it in his books. He talked about it briefly, and we're talking about it now, briefly. Okay? But he didn't elaborate. You'll see that as we go into Session 7. He didn't ask more and more and more questions. Who is questioning an alien who says to you about this, this consortium, this this coalition of, of 53 races that are in fact here quarantining the planet from the planet Venus, and that is not the most important fucking thing you've heard in 1981 to where you want more fucking knowledge about that. And w- wait a minute, what are the races' names? Where are they from? There's 53 of them, you say. How many of those races are in fact donated DNA to the human race? Are we a makeup of any of those races? How many? These are just questions I'm coming up with right now off the top of my head. I know the answer to all of those, by the way. But I'm thinking back to 1981 or even in 1984 to myself in my 20s, what would I have been asking this guy? Well, I say this guy, but these, this entire species that's speaking through my wife. Okay? I would be asking, no, maybe it's because I'm I was a host and have been a host of a show now for for seven, eight years now, almost ten years, and I've been asking questions my entire life. Right? I talked about that when I was a kid in my twenties. That that uh, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. My sister just gave me his name. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, a, a heavy metal rock star who wore paint on his face like a clown. Right when he had black lips, he almost looked like. In fact, he looked like uh, the Joker. Only the Joker uh, in the Batman uh, movies, they painted his lips more to look like a clown with the red nose and the and stuff like that. But he had basically that face before the you know before the the Joker did, or maybe the Joker did. I'm trying to think back when the comic books came out. Either way, it doesn't matter. But he painted himself with all this paint on him, white with black, you know, stuff to make him look evil. And he was a rock star who sang rock and roll, man, heavy metal. And I was 18 at the time. I'm 55 tomorrow. It's my birthday, (laughs) just so you know. Not kidding. Today is the 9th of September. I was born on the 10th of September, 1967. I'll be 55 tomorrow. And 
when I was 18 years old, he was in an interview, and the last thing he said to the camera was he looked at the camera and he said, question everything. And here I was as an 18-year-old kid, and I heard him say that, and I thought, wow, wow, question everything. And then that harkened back to my father, who when I was a kid, because we lived across the street from a Mormon church, the Church of Nazarene, and I had gone to a couple Sunday school classes there, and they were teaching Christianity. And I came back, and I said to my father, are we Christian? And my father, thank you. Penny said, happy birthday. Alice Cooper, I know, right? <laughs> Alice Cooper, she says. She gives the rock fingers. Alice Cooper, rock and roll, man, right? Uh, so so I, my father said, uh, well, son, we're, you know, we're Catholic, which is a Christian uh, religion, but this is what you need to understand or what you need to know. If you want a religion, you need to look into all religions. My father was very, very awake. And I'm only now knowing that my father died by the time he was 59. And here I am. I'm almost as old as he was when he died. But he was very awake when I was eight. He was 40 when I was born. So he was 48 at the time. He's telling me this. He was awake enough to say to me, learn all of, read their Bibles, go and buy their Bible, whatever their atonement is, whatever their dusty tome is, read it. Don't just read that, but go to their church, synagogue, whatever their place of worship is. Ask the people there about their religion and go to the services there and learn from them. Find their clergy and ask questions. Learn about all of them and then decide whether or not you want to be uh, a part of any religion whatsoever and then go down that path. That is why I call myself a theologian at this point in my life. Since I was eight years old, I have tried to learn, and I still do this. I don't care what the religion is. I'm still trying to learn from it. Old religions that no longer are on this planet, new religions that pop up, and all of the big religions that are currently on this planet. I try to learn as much as I can about them. And I used to own you know, one of the Bibles from almost right now, I only own two, but I used to have like 18 different religious doctrines. Now I can just read them online. So I don't have the books. I don't carry the books around with me anymore. But I do have a Bible, a Christian Bible. I have the working man, the working uh, uh, Bible that you have for, for, uh, for the teachers, the one with the gold, uh, you know, uh, inlay and the red words and the captions on the sides of the page that tell you they make the priest look smart. I have one of those right there. So I could literally take that, start a church. I have the license. I could start a church or go to a uh, existing Christian church and become their, whatever you want, their title is in that, you know, in that uh, Christian religion or Christian faith, whether it's padre, father, not father, because father is only given to the Catholics and you have to go to their seminary. Uh, to become a, a father. They don't recognize any other, Whether you, even if I'm a minister and I go to the Catholic Church, if I want to become a priest in the Catholic Church and be called father, I have to go to their seminary uh, uh, to, to become that because they have an indoctrination that they want you to know, right? And they, that's where they teach you how to bugger little boys and rape the nuns, right? <laughs> that's wrong. I shouldn't say that because not all of them are that way, right? It, literally, you have to realize that it is 14% of the population of this planet are, in fact, nefarious or in service to others, evil, narcissistic, egoic, all of the others, right? 84%, so it's 
84% of the population is in service to, to others, not in service to self. Okay, so it's not all of them, but I joke, right? So thank you, by the way. Penny said happy birthday. I don't know if I said thank you, so thank you. So uh, once you learn the knowledge, and what is the whole purpose of that, right? Once you wake up and you, you actually become an adult, that's when something becomes apparent to you. But we say that word slightly different, don't we? That became apparent to me. Did that become apparent to you? That's because the you become a parent. You become an adult. That dawned on me. It became apparent to me that something was different. So it, it dawned on you and it became apparent because you were thinking like a parent, not a child. Once you once you apply the idea of the one, right, which is in all the religions. Think about that. There is one true God, and Jesus is his prophet. There is one true God, and Muhammad is his prophet. There is one true God, and Elijah or Daniel or David or whichever one the Jews prop up this week is the prophet or Moses, right? And then if you go to the other religions, it's the same way. When you get to the Bohemian religion, there is one true all-God, all-Father, and and Thor is his, no, he's not his chronicle, but he is the he is the, the god of thunder, the god of wisdom, right? And the All-Father being Odin, that's the name of their god, who is the All-God. So it doesn't matter what religion you go to, they all have that, and, and that's all in the scrolls. That's part of this, what the scrolls will tell you when, you when you figure them out. That's part of the awakening process. That's part of the of the tree of knowledge that you were supposed to learn that that story was really trying to tell you. Not that that Eve was evil and she bit the fruit and she and Adam learned the the knowledge of good and evil and that corrupted the human race. That entire structure that is the knowledge of good and evil is in fact what we are supposed to learn. So it's not a punishment that we got banished from the kingdom of heaven thrown out of Eden, which is the perfect utopia, the story has been turned upside down. What we're trying to achieve is because of the knowledge of good and evil, we are trying to achieve the knowledge of the difference between right and wrong, the knowledge that is the difference between being in, in service to others and being in service to self overcome that so that we can enter into the utopia. That is what heaven is. That is what the kingdom of heaven is. That is what whatever your deity figure and whatever religion promises you is the promised land. That is what Moses was promised and didn't get, by the way, by leading everybody through the desert for 40 years. Why was that needed to happen? Why is it that all the people that were enslaved, according to that religion, according to the Hebrews, they were enslaved, or the Christians, because I believe the Hebrews are a little bit more objective, and they say they were under contract, they were not in fact slaves, which makes more sense. Let me get to that. If you were a slave, you're there against your will, and you were born to slavery against your will, and Moses, who was charged by God to go to Ramses II and say, let my people go. And he said, no, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, 
I went on to the King of Siam, but the same actor played, right? Yul Brenner played the King of Siam and Ramses II. And I just blended the two movies together because he said, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that was in the, the King of Siam. I apologize. So he said, no, and this and that, and your God is just a joke and he's nothing. And then the plagues and all that. And then the Exodus. So the Exodus happens and the Jews are now free who have been enslaved for a thousand years, according to the Christians. And now they get to wander in the desert. God doesn't give them the promised land until every single person who was alive, apparently as a slave, is dead. But Moses is kept alive, and so is his family. But when they get back now, taking them to Jerusalem, God says, wait, Moses, you don't get to come here. And Moses has to go out into the desert and die. So Moses, his reward for freeing the Jews who were enslaved is not to get to the, the promised land himself, but to then die in the desert. And everyone else who left, because God said to do so, died and were not ever allowed, kept away from, wandering around in circles in the desert until they all died. And then here we go. Now all of you who have never been enslaved, so apparently they were not enslaved, but under contract and debauchery and evil and wickedness, because otherwise, why would God be so mean to them? Because that story has been corrupted, and it is in fact not being told properly. Because what God, first of all, who gave us complete free will, autonomy to do whatever, and even preach that in the Bibles, that which you reap on the earth, I shall too reap in heaven, that which you sow on the earth, I shall too and sow in heaven, However, thou shalt not this, and thou shalt not that, and thou shalt not this, and thou shalt not that. And oh, by the way, if you guys uh, uh, love anybody more than me, I'll condemn you all to hell. That's egoic, childlike thinking. That's a teenager's thoughts. So why would this God, who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, created the human race? Oh, but wait, that hinges on Eve ate the fruit and corrupted man. And then lied to God, so they got kicked out to wander. So the whole exodus didn't mean a fucking thing because they were already in trouble from the original sin. So then why did God then go say, I can save you, and you all can leave and tell that asshole Ramses to let my people go? And then when he did, he went, but none of your asses get to go to the fucking, I'm not telling you that, till after you all die. But I'm going to keep Moses alive to keep your asses like a taskmaster whipped into shape and headed for the promised land. And then when we get there, hold on, Moses, hit the brakes, get out of here. Slave, you don't get it either. That's bullshit and it's a lie. Okay? That entire storyline has been corrupted and is not the truth. The truth is in there. Okay? But it's not that. And I've talked about that. The plagues that happened in Egypt are the seven same plagues that are the seven same wickednesses that will happen to the churches, the seven churches, in the apocalypse or the revelation of Jesus Christ. The letters to the churches and that which you don't do if you don't listen to the words, he who has the ears to hear. If you don't listen to those words, the things that will happen to the churches are the exact same plagues that happened during the Exodus. That's weird. What? 
That's bizarre. And the seven churches happen to coincide with the seven major arcana, major chakra points of the human body. Okay, so the Exodus was not a story about Moses and the people. It was on its face. But the deeper, which we say higher learning, which back then they said inner learning. So to go into the earth was symbolic for going into yourself. Today, higher understanding is what we say that means inner understanding. But because they said inner, back then we think when they said underworld, the Egyptians talked about the underworld, everyone thinks that's hell because that's the way it's been corrupted for us. Well, hell is in in the underworld. Why? Because the religion that was trying to dominate the people didn't want the other religions to be told. And since the religion of Egypt has you going inward to the underworld, the underworld is where the darkness is, that is inside you. That is why in Star Wars, they were trying to show in that, where did Luke go when Luke went to the planet where where um, Yoda was on the for, on the forest moon, not of Endor. He was on a different moon. And he went, and there was a place that was a, a cave in the ground that went through all the knots work and the and the and the uh, 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 underworld and the and the root system of the trees. And it was in the darkness. And he said that place is cold. Luke says. And he says, strong with the dark side of the force that place is, in you must go. And Luke starts strapping on his lightsaber and his weapon, and he says, your weapons, you will not need them. He said, what's in there? And he says, only what you take with you. Luke ignored Yoda, put on his lightsaber and his, and his blaster, and went down there. And then all of a sudden, there was a figure that looked like Darth Vader. And Luke pulled out his lightsaber and turned his on. Then Vader turns on his. Luke attacks Vader. Then Vader defends. Luke ends up chopping Vader's head off, and Vader's head rolls on the ground, and then the faceplate bursts open, and it's Luke Skywalker in there, not his father. And Luke still is not quite sure, but he understands, wait a minute, that's not my father. That wasn't Vader. That's me. And then he realizes, but there's no talk about it, that what was in there was what was him. And he had to decide whether he was in service to others or in service to self. And to face, that's why he said you will not be a a Jedi until you face Vader. Because he failed when he faced the Vader in himself, the evil in himself. He failed. So now that he knows that, he can't go back and do the exact same thing over because he knows that. He'll go in there and go, you're me. For that reason, we are veiled here in this place. For the reason of not knowing, prior to the veiling, meaning the time before there was a veiling, and the chaos, which are the laws of, or part of the laws of one, there was none of that, and everyone knew that they were, in fact, the creator of the universe. And because of that, everybody got lazy and sat around going, yep, I'm the one. I'm God. You're God. We're all the one. We're all one. 
So I'll get back there whenever. So they were stoner dudes, uh, surfer stoner dudes. Yeah, man. I'll get there eventually, man. I'm cool, man. I'm the God, man. It's all good, man. Everybody was walking around as as uh, Tommy Chong and Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute, man. Why are you so violent, man? Come on, man. It's cool. I'm cool. You're cool. We're cool, right, man? Yeah. Okay. I'm God, man. You're God, man. Isn't that cool, man? Nobody was in a hurry to get anywhere or learn anything because they knew. So the one true creator became complacent in our own daydream. Think about that. So the creator learned from our own mistake. We learned and said, all right, so now we got to come up with a way to, to, to get us to move on a little bit faster. So through course of time, trial and error, we came up with a good idea. That idea is what we are playing out here now. The idea, the dichotomy between light and darkness, good and evil, in service to others and in service to self. Nefariousness, oh, but we have to have the boogeyman. So we have to create a devil. So the devil is the ego. The devil is in us. We are the devil as we are the Lord. We are the devil as we are the one. It is we who is chasing us. And that is why we say to you, Jesus is not returning. You are the Savior you're waiting for. Because you are also the devil that's chasing you. Once you awaken to that little tidbit, life gets easier for you. Because then you know, I can either be good or evil. The other way around, because the evil is usually the left side and the good is usually on your right. Just so you know, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And it's always the devil is on the left side and the angel is on the right side. Not because everybody's right-handed. It's the way the universe, well, the universe is right-handed. It's the way the universe has, has come up with things. When you hear things from this side as a psychic, it's always either your guides or someone positive that's giving you information. When you hear things from the other side, which is the left side now, because it might be backwards on your screen. So it's the left side is what I'm showing you now. My left side. Not yours, but my left side. So if you were turned around facing outward like you are in your life, looking at me on television, your left side is this one. Your right side is this one. Okay? So... The devil on your left shoulder and the angel on your right. The devil on your left shoulder is your ego. It is not the devil himself who is a, a separate entity sitting on the mountain opposite Zion, the one that God is sitting on, and that they're playing a chess game for the, for the control of the human uh, people of Earth because we're so important in the universe that the entire creator of the universe and his evil counterpart which is there is no evil counterpart to the one, by the way. That's what the evil counterpart wants you to think, is that I am equal to that one. But that's not true at all. Nowhere near, not even halfway, not even halfway from zero to the creator is, uh, is as far as the evil can go. Not even halfway. Okay? So there is no battle between good and evil. 
the battle that you have is between your ego, the devil on your left shoulder, and your conscience, conscious, right? Conscience, not consciousness, not conscious, but conscience. That which in you says, don't do that. That's not right. You know, and that is just as powerful as your ego. But we don't listen to goodness as much as we hear evil. The reason for that is, if you are a person who is in service to others, you don't have to pay so much attention to people who are in service to others harming you. So you're more prone to go, is that person lying to me? Then is that person telling me the truth? Because you want everyone to tell you the truth, and when you hear the truth, you go, I think that person is speaking the truth. But you're listening, going, is this person telling the truth? You're questioning, which is good. So you're apt to find and see negativeness. But when you live on a planet that is like 14% evil, and they are vying for power and control of everything and get themselves into a place of power and control over everything, they do that because they're trying to get you to believe that there are more of them than there are of you and that they are stronger than you. You're alone. You are just one little tiny person that I can take back your freedom. Freedom is not something that you have. It's given and it can be taken away. They say these things even here in the United States, that you live by another's leave because I own this land and I own you. No, you think you own this land and you think you own me, but you don't. And when you die, the land will not cease to be, which means you're not all-seeing, all-knowing, and all-powerful. Yes, but my people who are my relatives will then own it. No, you just keep telling yourself that, and enough people start believing you because you have a piece of paper that says, I own this. And that guy says, I own this. You mean the guy you paid to say that you own that? Yes, but that's what his job is. Who says that? I did. I appointed him. So you appointed yourself supreme leader, and then you appointed the guy to say, write a piece of paper and sign it saying that I own all this, and now you own it? Only if everyone agrees to it. Wait a minute. That's free will. Shut up now. Shut up and agree to what I have to tell you. I am in charge, we are in charge, and I will have people kill you if you don't listen to me. Oh, you'll show me how in charge I am. You'll kill me and release my soul. But see, here in this place of doing, you don't come back as yourself. So therefore, they can claim you don't exist any longer. And if you believe that you are this ego, that you are this pain body, that you are this thinking mind, the biggest thing that scares you is that this will be taken from you. Do you see? I have to have money. Why? Because everybody's agreed that we need money. And we're in the United States, so therefore it's the American dollar. Or we're living or we're in Canada, and therefore it's the Canadian dollar. Well, wait a minute, that's not the same as the American dollar. Nope. Ours is completely different with different people's pictures on them. We have our queen and our people. Wait, your queen? Isn't she the one that died in England? Shut up now. Shut up now. We're independent. They don't, we're not under their rule. We're, we're, a, we're a commonwealth now. Doesn't that mean they own you still? 
No, no, we have our own government. Oh, kind of like California has its own government, but they're part of the United States. That's different. No, it's not. California's a free and sovereign nation. Isn't, didn't the English leave the EU because the EU thought they owned the English? Never mind that now, never mind that now. Don't listen to that. That's different. How is that different? Because our queen wanted to leave. Well, wait a minute. We wanted to leave, and the United States wanted to leave, and now they're not ruled by the queen. They think they're not. Do you see? So in some circles, England still owns the United States. They just let them believe that they're being governed by themselves. Do you see? But in some circles, the guys over there in Italy run the entire world. And they just let you believe that you're free. And in other circles, it's the guys in Germany, the Nazis, and they own everything, and they're just letting you believe that you own everything else. So there are people in many different countries of the world who think themselves in charge and own the exact planet. There's also, a, I've met personally four people in my lifetime who are currently alive who claim they were, in fact, wait for it, King Arthur. Would love to get all four of them together and find out if they're all the same soul or if they're different people. Because all four of them claim they were, in fact, the Arturius. Four. Just like I said earlier that I've met seven, spoken to or listened to or been told about seven different alien races who claim they invented this human race on Earth and, in fact, own this planet. Not, I'm of a consortium that I and six other races created you. I created you. Seven different races, and I know there's more. Seven that I know for a fact said those words. Okay, One of which, if you watched uh, uh, The Fourth Kind, in that, The Fourth Kind claimed the same thing. Okay, and that was based on true story, many true stories, as a matter of fact. And I've read the actual research that that was based on. That was based on, on reality, but nothing of that movie. Even when they show you this is all the police cameras, those were all filmed. If you get the DVD and you watch the, the DVD uh, stuff, the special stuff afterwards, they show you when they were, in fact, filming the stuff that's supposed to be the real police cruiser videos and cameras on the cops where they're filming those scenes so there's nothing of that movie that is in fact true except for that was based on the the fact that in the fbi files and in history in the united states more weird things and supposed abduction abductions have happened in nome alaska than anywhere else in the united states that is a fact and there is, in fact, a real researcher who, in fact, did use hypnosis to regress people and, and wrote books about alien abductions being remembered like Betty and Barney Hill, which is the oldest of those, and going forward. Okay? Many books. And that person is uh, Bud Hopkins. Bud Hopkins. You can look that up. 
So that movie was based on his research that he didn't believe in UFOs in the beginning at all and was using hypnosis to regress people in their lives to the to a trauma to help them through the trauma, which is what Dianetics does. And they hook you up to a lie detector test, and then they force you to go through uh, childhood traumas or a rape or something that is that is bothering you, and they show you how the Geiger counter plays out on there when you're disturbed and memorizing it and then later they force you to do it again and you're uh, still hooked up to the same lie detector test and it gets less and less and less as you deal with it which is true and then they say that they claim that it was because of them their dianetics is the reason that you're getting over it pay me more money and you get a better uh, seat that's you know leper messiah a song by metallica explains that whole dichotomy send me money send me green heaven you will meet Make your contribution and you'll get a better seat. Bow to leper Messiah. It wasn't written about Dianetics, but it could have been. It was written about evangelical Christians up there preaching, uh, give me money and give me green and heaven you will meet. Make a contribution and you'll get a better seat. So so that was that's literally words from the song, by the way, written by James Hetfield of Metallica. Great song. Great band. Very awake. So one of the greatest bands in the history of the world. Mind you, like Tool in the modern day, right? Like Led Zeppelin was in the 70s, like the Eagles were in the 70s. Go back and listen to those songs, <laughs> right? Listen to Tool, listen to Led Zeppelin, listen to uh, to uh, uh, Metallica. Like I said, there's an Iron Maiden. Listen to these bands that everybody thought were just satanic rockers. And you'll find out they weren't exactly as evil as people think. That They were preaching to you. And getting, knowing there was algorithms they needed to get around and telling you true stories. That's why Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, you should pay attention. Black Sabbath, Rainbow, Ronnie James Dio, you should pay attention. There's many more that I, Lemmy from Motorhead, that band Motorhead. All these bands that were heavy metal bands, rock and roll bands, they sing these songs that if you pay attention to from, from that perspective, and not just them, the Beatles. Right, not just them. I mean, look at John Lennon. John Lennon wrote wrote and told you the secret to the universe and was shot through the heart for it. And he said, All you need is love. And then they killed him and shot him through the heart for it. Why was that? Shut him up. Okay. Penny says, All of my favorite bands. I love you even more, Penny. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> All my favorite bands too. So, but then there's stuff, you know, like if you, there's stuff that has a more mundane, like country music. Country music mostly, there's a lot of songs, guys like Blake Shelton now, there's a lot of guys, Clint Black, a lot of guys who were very awake and they, and they wove Kid Rock. He does that crossover, uh, bluegrass, hard rock stuff. He started out country and gospel. As a matter of fact, you can talk to him, he'll tell you that. And then he went into this whole crossover rap kind of stuff. Bands on the other side, uh, uh, you know, of hip hop, like, you know, Run DMC and, you know, you got Ice-T and Ice Cube. And these guys, Snoop Dogg, one of the genius Snoop. But when you first hear their stuff on the, on the, on the lowest sounding board, you think it doesn't mean anything. A lot of your country music is really what it means on the face and it's there to to but it's not people think country music is just oh it's just whiny drunk texicans or, or you know uh, 
Cowboys singing about losing their dog and their wife and getting on one little teeny level it is right like like kenny rogers you picked a fine time to leave me lucille 400 children and a crop in the field right what does that mean well, on that lowest level that's a, a whiny snivelly country guy whose wife walked out on him and left him with four kids and a crop in the field and he's got to go out and try and pick the crops while he's got four children that he's now can't watch and he's going to have to put them to work with him because he has to bring him with him and they're not going to want to do that and how can he truly feed them properly and he's going to have to pay someone to sit him on the lowest level of vibration that is what that song is about but do you see the other levels of what that song means or do you just see that one where you are in your vibration determines how much you understand about any story that you hear, see, read, or touch. Okay? And that is the, the truism that is what, when, when the dichotomy that, that Luke had of going to save his friends knowing that they're in pain and Yoda trying to tell him the future is hard to see. Emotions is the future, so it's hard to tell. Yes, you could go and, and save your friends, but it might ruin everything that they stand for by doing so. But if I don't, they will die. You don't know that, he said that. And then Obi-Wan started talking to him, and he said, yes, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, you listen to Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan said, Luke, you need to understand that many of the truths that we cling to are directly related by a certain point of view. And Luke said, a certain point of view? He didn't go further with that. He who has the ears to hear, let them hear. That is the same words that were spoken to every church, all seven of them, in the Revelation. The words that he spoke to each of those churches is the same plague that happened to Ramses and Egypt for not allowing the, the Jews to go free. Why is that? What do they have in common? Moses. No, because Moses didn't have anything to do with Jesus' revelation. Revelation. No, because that doesn't have anything to do with the uh, Exodus. Not on its face. Both of those are telling you the same thing. Those words for those who have the ears to hear, those words that are being spoken to you in, the, in those teachings, the lessons that you are to learn from them, is either do as I say or I will send plagues upon you on a very low level. That's part of the, of the knowledge for you. On a higher level or on an inner level, the knowledge that is being taught to you is the balance of the energies of light and darkness. The Buddha, Buddhism would have you be told that is the Kundalini energies of masculine and feminine, of war and peace, of love and hate. And the churches are the chakra points. 
if you look at the Bible and you open that up and you get next to your a chakra chart that shows you the chakras or chakras, depends on how you want to say that word, potato, potato, and you start with the red root base first major arcana, first major archetype chakra point, and you read what the church needs to know, and then you read what that chakra does and how to align that chakra, it is what the church, the letter to the church from Jesus Christ in Revelations is telling you. And there are seven. Those are the same plagues that were being told to Ramses, if you don't let my people go. And what is letting my people go? They are going free of bondage. They are becoming independent and no longer slaves or under contract. And they are able to be free to what? To go to heaven, to go to the land of milk and honey, to the promised land. And he says no, and he refuses, and the plague goes upon him. And eventually, his ego casts the stone that says, whatever God says, whatever he chooses next will be his own undoing. His ego says, kill all of the firstborn Hebrew slave sons. And because of that, all of the slaves, all of the sons, the firstborn sons of Egypt, die. That is the lesson to be learned in one of the arcana, one of the chakra points. Do you see? So these stories that on one level mean something completely different, and that's what people are supposed to think they mean, as a child, to scare you. As the adult hearing the exact same story, it means something completely different. Because it's supposed to mean something different for those who have the ears to hear. Those who have the eyes to see and the mind to understand. So the older you are, the higher your IQ, the more you have wisdom, the more you uh, actually realize or glean or understand, instead of understand, because we don't stand under anyone, about that which is around you. Until you get to the point where you look around and things become so simple that you can't imagine not realizing, and you ask yourself, why did I not see that? The entire secret to the knowledge of what's going on here in this dichotomy is so apparent to me in my place of where I am in my life, I can't imagine how I never saw this until a year ago. Why did I not see this? It's right there in front of everything, and it's in everything. It is everything. That is what I teach you, I try to show you, in my opening video. Those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast, you can only hear the music, so you don't get to see the visuals. I would suggest to you to go to YouTube or Facebook and watch that opening video and listen to the music. Well, the music is just there because it's really cool. <laughs> but if you watch the visuals and pause it and really pay attention to the spirals, to the mathematics, to the golden mean ratio, to the Fibonacci sequence, that's the beginning. That mathematics is the beginning for scientists to the understanding. But the scientists will never figure that out either 
if they continue to only look at the math and they don't look at things from an esoteric point of view or a spiritual point of view. Those people who are spiritual will not see the math in the spirals unless they understand that which is the spiral. This is why you see spirals all over the planet. Because those people were not scientists who understood math, but they did understand the math. And they also understood the esoteric spirituality of that spiral. And that's why they're written and drawn in caves everywhere on the face of the earth, because very, very wise men and women deciphered that in nature, and they drew those for posterity. They drew it for the next generation to find and ponder. They were leaving it as adults for their children. And that's what I am doing with that video. It's out there in the world for everyone to see. I'm leaving it for those people who can find it and have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the mind to know. And they will decipher that. That is the video that I put together. In fact, I even say to you at the end on one of the one of those things, do you understand now? I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> and that shows you, that's why the show is called Orion Rising. That's why over here in that corner, Orion Rising is there. If you're if you're and if you're on YouTube, it's over here on this corner on the bottom as well. <laughs> right. Right, that symbol that's on the cover of my book, I designed that. Okay, and that is the Orion Nebula, the constellation of Orion, above the pyramids of Giza in a night scene. The three pyramids of Giza are apparent there on the picture, and they are mirrored by the belt of Orion that is up in the sky. When the pyramids were built, the belt of Orion was exactly up in the sky, not just over those pyramids. There are at least four to seven, and I'm believing seven because of the number seven, because of the major arcana, the major chakra points, places in the world where three pyramids are built exactly in that order all around the world. And in the video, in the beginning, one of the last uh, visuals that you see are four of those pyramids from the sky looking down on those pyramids with the constellation of Orion's belt next to it. And that's where it says, do you understand? I'm trying to tell you something. Okay, so that's why there's so much pushback saying the pyramids are not aligned with Orion's belt. There's nothing to do with that anywhere, and that's a lie. There's nothing to do with aliens. Only stupid people believe that. Okay? All of that is being told to you because up is down and down is up. And that's being done on purpose. Everything that will give you sacred knowledge, real knowledge, has been corrupted, will be corrupted, and they will tell you there is no definitive proof that that is anything. Every single person who came to this planet all 12 times, the last of which was called Jesus, there is no definitive proof that those people ever existed. That's what they will tell you. The scrolls, when they tell you of the of, from the Dead Sea Scroll, there is no definitive proof that those were actually in any Bible anywhere. 
There is no definitive proof that Jesus wasn't created by the Romans. The Jews, who believe, by the way, that only their race gets to go to heaven. I like to get some Jewish people together with some Mormons who believe only they're going to go to heaven. And then I want to get the, the, the two of them together with some Dianetics people who believe that only the Dianetics people are going to go to heaven. And then get them together with the master Nazi race because they only believe that only they're going to go to heaven. And let them people sit around and talk about it all day long and figure out who's really going to heaven. Because the Jews say it's not the Gentiles, and that is every other race except for the Jewish race. That they're the chosen race, and only they get to go to heaven. And it's just folly that I would even consider, because I'm Irish, and I'm Irish-American, and I'm a Christian. And that was invented by some Roman guys to control the, 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 uh, Roman, the people. Who are they trying to control? That's right, you're Jews. Weird. Oh, but that was just a construct to give you the, 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 the idea. Oh, and so, so was the construct of, of, of Marduk and, the, and what your religion was based on was the Mesopotamian religion. Everything that happened in your religion is based on the Mesopotamian religion. That's weird because the Jesus religion was based on the Mesopotamian religion, and all other religions are exactly the same scrolls. If you go and look at the Bohemian religion that is the Viking religion and read their scrolls and their creation story of the universe, let's see. Jesus fights the serpent in the garden. Well, that was invented. Thor fights the dragon of the North Sea. That was invented. Marduk fights Tiamat, the dragon. Oh, wait, that wasn't invented? Yeah, that's because your religion was written from that religion. So you can't say the one yours was based on was invented because if it was invented, that one came before yours. That means yours was invented from a fake religion. And then there's people out there that say religion in and of itself is completely a fabrication, and there is no such thing. There is no afterlife. It is just your ego. That's the ego telling you that. And here's the thing. You can believe anything that you want. That's the law of one. Uh-oh. Wait, that was just invented by Carla. So there is nothing? Yes. I want you to believe that because then you will only believe that it's me who's in charge because I'm the king. And what I say is the truth. You see, so there has to be doubt cast on everything. Okay. And it and none of that matters. That's the truth of it. And that's how simple it actually is. This is the part where I'm going to lose most of you. The truth is all of those religions, all of those scrolls, all of those dusty tomes are no different than hickory dickory dock, a mouse ran out the clock. They're no different than Little Boy Blue is horn. They're no different than uh, Little Jack Corner was what? Jerking off in the corner. Wait, that's an Andrew Dice Clay. I apologize. But they're, they're no different than Mary Had a Little Lamb. They're stories that you tell Humpty Dumpty fell off the well. Those are actually, those stories actually have some really, really intense meaning to them when you get past Humpty Dumpty was an egg man who fell off the wall and broke and all the king's horses. Why are they trying? Why, what makes you think that a horse can put some egg guy back together? All of the king's horses and all of the king's men couldn't put him back together again. What? That doesn't make any sense in any human way. It's not supposed to. There's other meanings behind them. But they still are, are only for children. So the story of the Bible, story of Jesus, story of Marduk, the story of Moses, the story, those are 
actual events that may have actually happened or may not have. None of that's important. People come to me, and I'm a minister. Now, mind you, I have two two Christian titles as a minister from two different religions. One, all of Christendom, right? Through the Universal Life Church, which I'll explain that in a minute. Through the Universal Life Church in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And then one through the Catholic Church, Catholicism, which means Universal Life Church. That's why I said I'll explain that in a minute. So even though the, the, the Universal Life Church, which is uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, is giving people a Christian title, uh, that you become a Christian in all other faiths, the word Catholicism or Catholic means universal life church. Okay? So, so that's what that means. People don't realize it. So the, through the, the Catholic Church, I am a minister, not a priest, because to have the father title, the priest title, in that church, I have to go to their seminary. They wanted me to go to their seminary, but I didn't want to give up having sex with, with women or at all. No, sorry. Well, then, you can't get into heaven. Really? Really? So what you're saying is the only way to get into heaven is for the human race to die out in, like, two generations? Well, what do you mean? Well, if everybody of your faith didn't get married and have children because they had to be married to God, then your faith would die out because the human race would die off. Well, no, 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 no. If you join the church, you have to dedicate yourself and be only married to God. Peter wrote that because he was gay and he was in love with Jesus and he didn't want to have to get married. Look it up. Look it up. Anyone who really knows and really looks at that, Jesus said it's better to marry than to burn, and I hate her and all her kind. So he was either this wise person who created the Catholic Church, who became the first pope, was either a bigot and a racist, or he was gay. Because he either hated women, or he hated whatever race Mary Magdalene was. To answer that, about five or seven popes after that, the pope said, well, that's because she was a whore. Yeah, yeah. Remember when they were going to stone her to death? It was because she was a whore. She was a hooker, a lady of the night, and they were going to kill her for it, and Jesus saved her, and she washed his shoes and followed him around after that, licking his ass. That's how they answered that. Because people asked that question, too, then. So they had to give a story. In 1969, Pope John Paul II said, that's not true. But it didn't become official canon until the Pope who quit, who's still in there, but there's another Pope there with him. Not the black Pope that's secret, that they don't tell you about, because there's always two Popes. There's always at least two. There's one white Pope who's usually Italian or European, and then there's the black Pope that they don't tell you about, but some of us know about it. And then they have, then they have the the new pope who came in because the other pope said he lost his faith. Why? Because he woke up and he was awake. He's now awake and he realizes the, the church's corruption. Okay, And to prove that, as, a, as someone who was a Catholic and was knighted by the Catholic Church and has a surtitle in the Catholic Church and is a minister there, that's me, for those of you who can't see me pointing at myself. The book that Dan Brown based the Da Vinci Code on that became a movie, by the way, was Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which was a book that was based on an older book that was also based on an older book that goes back almost a thousand years. And they believe that that book was based on another one that was that came before that, scrolls before that. And that tells the story 
of what happened to Mary Magdalene after Jesus was on the cross and Mary disappeared. Mary was, in fact, married to Jesus at the time. Wait, no, he was not. Jesus is a God. The Christians will have you. He is the Savior of the world. He is God. So he wasn't married to, to Mary Magdalene. Okay, the truth is, in the religion, I've said this before, you can look this up, go and ask a Jew. Go and ask a Hebrew. In their religion, at the time that Jesus was alive, if you were a male and you were a Jew, which Jesus was, and you were in that religion, which Jesus was, first of all, you could not be called a rabbi, which that word means teacher. You could not have that priestly title in their religion unless you were, in fact, because you could not teach in the synagogue unless you were, in fact, married and had children or your, pre- your wife was pregnant. Otherwise, you cannot give advice to anyone because how can you give advice on, on marriage when you're not? How can you give advice on children when you don't have any? That is true. You can look that up. Peter said it's better to marry than to burn because if you were 30 or 31 years of age and you weren't married yet, there was something wrong with you in that religion because they believed that it was detestable by God for you to not be one man and one woman, a man married to a woman only. Women can't be married to women, and men can't be married to men. So if you weren't married, you couldn't be a rabbi. So Jesus, who they in fact is in the Bible, tells you he taught in the synagogues, could not do that unless he was married. And beyond that, okay, Mary Magdalene was his companion. To us today, that's like my boo, my bro, my buddy. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was alive, that word meant spouse. Esposo. Esposa. Meant wife. Okay? So, Mary was Jesus' wife. And when Jesus was crucified, it was either Peter or Paul, whichever one usurped the church. He was the one that wrote the letters to the churches, not the ones in the Revelations, but the ones earlier on in the Bible. And he's the one who said it's better to marry than to burn, and I hate her and her entire kind. So either the rumor that she was African because she was supposed to be a priestess of Isis, which means she was black and he was prejudiced against black people, or he was sexist and he was prejudiced against women, or he was, in fact, gay. So... Making the comment, I hate her and her entire kind, if he's, if he's not, he, I could just hate her because she's a woman or because she's black. It's better to marry than to burn. Meaning, if I had my choice, I wouldn't be married to a woman. And he was very, very jealous that she had Jesus' attention and that Jesus, she was his favorite. Okay. So then he changes and becomes in charge of the church and immediately abolishes marriage and says, when you're devoted to the church as a priest, oh, and by the way, women are not equal to men. They're property and they can only be nuns and they can never be clergy and they serve us. Okay. Put all those things together. Let's do some math and let's be adults here and not be children. There's only one reason why all of those things would be said and done by a man usurping power is because, first of all, he's in service to self, and secondly, he wants to ensure that he doesn't have to marry a woman. 
Think about it. So then over in the south of France, Mary turns up with this little girl years later. And they say, who is this girl? Her name is Sarah, which in Hebrew means what? Princess. She's my slave, my servant. That slave or servant grew up and became the princess married to the king, married to the prince who became the king. So almost 2,000 years ago in a monarchy where you did not, to this day, when, when Charles, who is now king, married an Irish girl, it was the biggest scandal on the face of the earth until Meghan Markle, a half-black, half-white, American-Canadian girl, marries a prince. Biggest scandal on the face of the earth. Why? Because she was not of royal blood. She was a peasant. So I'm supposed to think that that's the same thing that happened? Okay. Let's buy the Merovingian king. The prince was enamored by the slave girl and married her. Yet, she was able to talk to animals and heal people with her hands. And so were their children. And the people in the south of France, headed by Mary, and then her daughter after, I'm sorry, her servant after her death, taught all of the people the Christian way, the way Jesus Christ himself was teaching, the religion became so big and so popular, the religion tur then turned to the world and said, that religion in Rome that is claimed to be Christian religion is wrong and evil and has been usurped by men, and it is not the teachings of Jesus Christ. We are teaching the true teachings of the way Jesus was teaching it. So to answer that, the Pope in Rome sent all of his knights and murdered Two million people in the south of France to shut them the fuck up. Killed them all. The only reason we know the story is because the last bastion, the last fortress, was surrounded by these Christian knights and the other Christian knights who were being murdered by them were being starved out. And they said to the ones they were starving out, why don't you just come down here so that we can execute you? You're going to die anyways. So they said, look, tomorrow we have one of our sacred days and our sacred rites, like a Sunday or it was something bigger than that. Give us that day of worship and we will all surrender. And they said, well, why not? You're not going anywhere, so fine. We won't come and attack you. We'll give you until tomorrow and you give us your word. And if not, we're coming up there and killing you anyway. They said, okay. So the story goes, the reason we know this story still exists, is that three knights, sound familiar? Three knights escaped during the night, climbed down the wall, the sea wall, and escaped into France and went north and found themselves in this little teeny town, this little teeny church, right, called Rennes-le-Chateau. Sound familiar? If you read Dan Brown's book or watched the movie, you know, and this story is true and really happened, okay? The only reason that we know that's true is because the priest that was there in 1956 in this poor town, in this poor priest who was only his own, he didn't have any congregation except for the town people and nobody was part of the clergy but him. He had no money. He was renovating the church himself, and he, while he was doing so, 
he ended up knocking uh, one of the pillars of the church and it broke open and inside there was something. A scroll or scrolls. And when he read them, he went, oh, I need to get to the Pope in Rome and tell them. And he split and he went to the Pope in Rome. Does this sound familiar? The same thing happened when the Templar Knights were in the Temple of Jerusalem and they were digging in Solomon's mines and they found something. Oh, and they said, I have to go tell the Pope. And they rode back as fast as they could. And when they got with that information and gave it to the Pope, guess what happened? They become the richest knights in the face of the world. And then eventually they became so rich that the that same, well, the, not that exact pope, but a, a pope or two later, decided that they need to attack them and take over all of their lands and money and get rid of them and kill them off because they had too much power. This priest ran to Rome and he came back with more riches than he ever knew what to do with. And he was able to build the entire church again and renovate it and then build an entire wing of the church, which oddly he decided to dedicate to Mary Magdalene. Weird. And he had a secret and he had all kinds of money that he told you. And he tried to tell this, this nun who I think he was having an affair with. And he told her, quickly, come here and I will give you the secret. There is so much riches under the ground of this city that these people have no idea that I have more riches than the, than the entire kingdom of France. And the woman said, I'm on my way. And when she got there to rent the chateau, he had died. So he took that, whatever it was that he was going to give her, the information that would show her the wealth that was more riches underground that he had hidden that she and no one to this day has been able to find, but they know the story. Okay. And that story was in Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code and the what if story that that information was in fact that that little girl was the descendant of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ's descendants still walk this earth. And there is a group of people on this earth that have been sworn to protect Mary's seed, Jesus's seed to this day for 2000 years after his death and that the Catholic Church has been hunting them from then until now. Why? Because if all of a sudden somebody could prove their DNA belonged to Jesus Christ, who do you listen to? The Pope in Rome? The Vatican? Or the people who are related to Jesus by blood? The entire church with over 2 billion followers worldwide would turn against them and not listen to them any longer because there would be no reason to. That's Jesus' children. That's part of the secrets that the nefariousness doesn't want you to know. That's the scale of Jesus and the secret of Jesus. Now let's look to say that that's the microcosm to the macrocosm. And then I got to get off here because it's getting late. So then what is it that they don't want you to know? The knowledge of who and what you truly are. Okay. And that is what that story is trying to tell you as a parable as the microcosm to the macrocosm, the little teeny story to the larger story. Jesus's story of the Savior and the bloodline of that being on this planet, the seed of the Savior is trying to show you 
on a different vibration that is higher, that you, me, we are in fact the one. Okay? All of us separately and individually are in fact the creator and we are a construct, a daydream in the mind of the creator thinking and pretending that we are in fact completely separate and that we are not anything other than a lowly life form who thinks it's the most grandiose life form that the entire universe was created for that ego that is us. And that when I die, I cease to exist for all of eternity. If that's the case, then it's useless to do anything besides take over. So then the, in there is the, is the lie that covers the truth. Well, of course, that's why religion was invented and that's why Christianity was invented and all these things. So that you would think there's something greater than there is when the truth is there is only what is. And that's what keeps you from ever attaining anything of the control of the planet is the belief that you'll be rewarded later. <laughs> ego. Ego. And all of that doesn't mean anything except for you have the choice to believe or disbelieve every word I've said. And at some point, you won't need any of these words because you'll know what I know. And when you do, you'll laugh. And you'll say, how did I not see this before now? And then the dichotomy becomes beautiful to you. The yin and the yang, the good and evil in that battle that everybody thinks is happening, that war that everybody thinks is happening, you look on as if a parent looking at a child who's just discovered their feet. And they're chewing on their fingers. And you go, isn't he cute? Look at that. That's so cute. And your friends go, that's the ugliest kid I've ever seen in my life. How can they think that kid's cute? Because they don't fucking have any. They don't understand the beauty. The same thing. You don't have the knowledge that they have. So you're not seeing that child for what it is. Same thing with the dichotomy between good and evil, the yin and the yang, the spirals, all of those symbols that represent that. When you're above it, looking back on it, you look on it as a parent because it becomes apparent to you. You look down upon this entire perfection that everyone thinks is chaos. And you go, wow, that was perfect. That was the greatest idea we ever came up with. It's perfect. It's perfectly perfect. It's so perfect that none of them sees how perfect it is. That's how perfect it is. That's how obvious it becomes to you and it becomes apparent to you when you become the parent. And then, unfortunately for you, you won't leave because you then go, I have to help them. <laughs> I have to help them. They're stuck. They've lost their way, and I need to help them. That's why Jesus looked up and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't say that because he was taking pity. He was saying that because they were children. And what they were doing was something that he orchestrated. It was supposed to happen that way to serve as an example. 
Jesus's story and his struggle is the microcosm to the macrocosm, just like all the other uh, uh, heroes from Thousand Faces, as as was was told. Yes, Penny said it is beautiful. All that is, they do not see. Yes, it is. It is. It's the the, the I can't even explain it. Right, Penny said that, and those words still don't do it justice. And Penny will be the first to say, tell you that. <laughs> in English, that's the best you could. That's why she put a little smiley face with little hearts in the eyes. It is beautiful, all that is that they do not see. It is. And all of the fear that everyone has, that you have, if you still have it, that fear that you have is a construct. What you fear is death. What you fear is darkness, but only through darkness can you see the light. Do you see? That's where that turn. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. That is what that means. It is darkness just before the dawn. Of course it is. So it is gloomiest and darkest, and it is when you are ready to give up. And that is the finger part of the footprints. In the sand, why is it, God, that when I needed you the most, you left me and I was walking alone? And God said, it is then when you see single footprints in the sand that I was carrying you. That is what that means. Those analogies, those parables that I just said to you, are what Penny just said to you. What I just said to you, it is beautiful that which you cannot fathom. It is wondrous and it is the most beautiful thing, the recognition and realization of that. That's why the Sufi, when he woke up and was awake, burned all of his books because they meant absolutely nothing. Because it's all they're there because they are the truth. That's where it says the truth will set you free. These are all Christian uh, proverbs, but they're not from proverbs. Some of them are. But all of these things are little micro bits of information, which is the knowledge, because the truth shall set you free. And people say, well, that's just me telling the truth. I was knighted by the church. And if you watch the kingdom of heaven, when he knights, it's very, very close to the true knighting, by the way. I'll tell you his words. Some of the words that he uses a knight must have, have uh, broken the ranks of, of silence and, and told those. Because when he says, be upright and speak the truth, even if it leads to your death, and then he smacks that kid across the face and says, and this is so, so that it reminds you of your oath. That is done. They've changed it in the modern day. They don't smack you across the face anymore because that became passe and they didn't want to hit people in the face anymore, give them a bloody nose. But they used to do that until the modern era, until not too long ago. Only 20 or 30 years ago, I was knighted in, in the day that Pope John Paul II died, April, uh, I think it was the 6th of, of 2004. I'll have to look it up. But it was actually, I, I, while we were waiting to go in and be knighted, all everybody's pagers and blackberries, because we didn't have smartphones back then, all the pagers and blackberries started going off. Beep, beep, beep. Phones rang, cell phones rang. We found out the Pope died. And then uh, they came out with a with a 
podium and a microphone and speakers and told us that Pope John Paul II had just passed. And then 42 of us went and got knighted. We were the only 42 on the planet that were knighted minutes, minutes after. Well, it took hours for everybody to get knighted because each person is knighted. They weren't like everybody got knighted all each. They called four people up and you took a knee and they knighted each one of you individually. And then you got up, rise a knight, and then four more took a knee on a pillow and were in front of clergy with the sword and you were knighted like you see in the, uh, if you watch Excalibur from 1982 and he, and he says what he says in the name of God and St. Michael and St. John. That's real, by the way. And they touch your shoulders with the sword. That's real, by the way. I'm getting chills saying it, getting goosebumps because it's real. And four men are knighted at a time. 42 of us were knighted that day out of this entire earth when Pope John Paul II gets canonized and becomes a saint. There will be 42 of us, if we're still alive, that were knighted on the day of his of his uh, sainthood, the day of his feast. And the lucky, those lucky few, 42 of us. So that's pretty badass for us. Anyways, and if he never becomes a saint, we still have that. And the only reason, and the reason this is important to those of us in the in the Knights of Columbus, are uh, that especially the ones who are fourth degree knights who have been knighted. The reason that's important is that the Knights of Columbus, who are descendants, the creators were descendants of the Templar Knights uh, back 150 years ago, back east in Connecticut. Father Father Michael J. McGivney, a Irish Catholic priest formed the Knights of Columbus, and it took 150 years for the church, the Roman Catholic Church, to officially bring the Knights back into the fold. And it was Pope John Paul II who acknowledged the Knights of Columbus, once again, all two million of us at the time, as I was not knighted yet. I was a brother knight, but I was not I was not officially with a sir title, but I was a monk, a, a paladin, a warrior monk who became a, a warrior knight after his on the day of his death. But he said they are now unofficially instated as knights of the Holy Roman Catholic See. So the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican, acknowledge the Columbus Order of Columbus as not official knights of the church. The only knights of the church currently uh, to be knighted by the church. The only other people that are uh, in charge of the church, oddly enough, are the Swiss Guard. And the Swiss, Switzerland, was actually invented by the Templar Knights when they went into hiding. So the church actually knows that. That's why they have the Swiss Guard, which are knights from Switzerland, who are descendants of temple knights who created Switzerland. And the monetary system that we currently use on this planet was the monetary system that the Templar Knights invented before they were outed and arrested and uh, tried to be uh, told that were heretics. Anyways, okay. So, all right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to leave you with that. Don't believe a word I've said. Question everything. Look it all up.
Okay. Have a great night. I love you all. We'll start up session seven next week here on Friday. Guys, have a great weekend. I love you. Make sure that you share this out to all your friends, anyone you think might be interested in this. And like I said, many of you don't believe a word I say. think I'm crazy. That's okay. Those of you who are still here and have made it through to the end, I love you even more. And you guys are probably here because you're going, yeah, yeah, and I'm preaching to you, and you're the choir. You're, you're singing the same song, right? And, but that's okay. You guys need to hear the same thing that I need to hear, that what we're doing is right, and we're on the right path. We don't get told that. In this day and age, you only get told negative shit. You don't get told positive shit, okay? So not only am I here to give the tools and to pass on what I have learned, but I'm learning as I go. I'm not just a teacher. I'm a learner. I, to teach is to learn. To learn is to teach. That is the symbiotic relationship that are both. You can't learn without teaching, and you can't teach unless you learn. Okay? So to think that you know everything is ego. I don't need to learn anything. I know it all. Bullshit. I am in the place that is the third run from the bottom. <laughs> okay? That means there are more people in the universe who know more than I do than there are that don't. So how could I then think, I am Jesus Christ, I am the new Christ, I am the Savior of the world. No, man, you're not. Neither was he, by the way. <laughs> he was trying to tell you that. He just went, to, okay, look, this is the sacrifice. And what was that? What was the, what he was trying to teach you? The way to heaven is through me, and then I'm going to go for real. He was showing you by example that he died, went to hell, and then ascended into heaven. That is what you are spiritually to do, all of us. We are to go within. We are to go to hell, to descend to our lowest place of our inner hell and our inner selves, to the darkness, to that place that is furthest away from God, and then to ascend back to the one. And that is what's playing out. That's the microcosm that is spiritually that I'm to do to the macrocosm that is this entire dichotomy of this dimensional existence and experience is doing the same thing. We as the entire race have descended into total chaos. And now we're on our way back and have been for more than 2,000 years since Jesus came to show us the way. We are now on the way back to the light as an entire species. Individually, we need to do the same thing. That's the path that Jesus was showing us, the one that Muhammad showed us, the one that Moses showed us. The Exodus, remember, is the same balancing of the same chakras, which is starting at the bottom, descending into the fire, that which is red and chaos and is the root beginning hell, Dante's Inferno, and then ascending through the spinal column, through the seven major arcana, through the seven chakras, aligning them as we go, while the double helix, that which is the kundalini energy, the knot work that is in all of my tattoos that you can't see because the camera won't allow it, the knot work, oh, that's the star, which is the same as the star of David, and there is the knot work. I can't get around to the camera to show you. I have pictures off the show. That is the knot work that is, that is the spiral, that is the kundalini energy going up the spine and then coming out the top of your head when you awaken your third eye 
and then you blossom into the existence and understanding that is infinite wisdom, infinite love, infinity itself, infinite knowledge, everything that is. And it is beautiful. And once you see it, you can't unsee it unless you choose to, which is what we all did to come back down here to do this. Those of us who are, in fact, what we call wanderers. All right, guys, I love you. Have a great weekend. Have a great night. I will see you next week. I don't know if we're ever going to start doing Skull Island again. Uh, if not, I'll start doing something else on another day that that isn't just, although all of this is to do with. Everybody goes, oh, he's talking politics again. I don't want anything part of that. Politics is only the religion of evil. That's all that is. Power, money, politics, government, corporations, monetary values, schools, that entire caste system that is the organization from the bottom to the top of anything that is set up that way so that you are in debt, that you owe money, that you have to pay money, that you have to have somebody who is in charge of you that is higher up than you. They have a rank and a station and all of that. And the people at the top that have the power, on the, that is the religion of evil. That is why they want the separation of church, which is the religion of light, and separated from church and state, because statehood is the evil religion, not Satanism. Satanism is just the way, in fact, that they, or Luciferianism, Lucifer, and that is the way in which they think for their religion, which is statehood. Do you understand? Have a great night. Have a great weekend.